Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I am Todd Dandruff with Telus. This is being broadcast live and recorded live on November 22nd, 2019. The time right now, almost 9.40 p.m. And I had a dilemma regarding the free roll we have tonight, $73 tonight. It, the, the registration is closing in one minute because the show started pretty late tonight. And I had the dilemma whether I reset it or not. Because I've done that before when the show is going to start and it looks like it's not going to start till after the late registration period ends. But I decided not to, and someone convinced me in the chat not to. They said, don't reset it. Some monkeys just dumped off their chips to me. I don't, so I, I felt bad. I didn't want to reset it because monkeys just dumped off the chips of this guy. So you can keep your chips. I think it was SOT24. You can keep your chips. And those that did not get into the free roll before the live show started, well, you, you have like seconds to do so right now. And then late registration closes. $73 this week. I will announce the prize pool anyway. $30 for first, 20 for second, 13 for third, and 10 for fourth. That's 30, 13, or 30, 20, 13, and 10. This is being paid to you in cash if you are one of the winners. You can get it through Zelle, through Cash App, through a bank transfer, through Bitcoin, or another method you might be able to think about. Uh, payment service that's been around on the internet for about 20 years. The money was donated this week by Seabach Cockshot, $18 from him, 25 from Eric Benzamokin, thank you to him once again. And then, kind of a weird donation, the last 30, this is a really weird one. Remember that 50 Cent Quanta guy I mentioned who I said was being an ingrate about being paid his $30? And I said it wasn't anything against him, I was just paying a bunch of people at once. I was letting them build up and then I just pay it all at once to make it easier on me. But he was still very bitter about that for whatever reason. So I finally got around to making the payments and even though he wrote some nasty things in the forum about me and even though he was he sent me an, an, an angry PM I mean, a lot of people who ran this wouldn't have paid him. But I'm a man of my word so even though it appeared he basically gave me an FU and quit the forum and stopped listening to the show I sent him the $30 only to get the $30 refunded back to me the very next day. <laughs> the funny thing here is this whole tantrum was over the $30. So then when I send it to him, he kicks it back to me, I guess, in some form of protest. But you'd think if it was so important in the first place, even if he did leave the site, that he would just take it. But okay, I'm not going to keep it. I am rolling it back into the pool. So technically he donated it, but I don't think that was really his intention. He just kicked it back saying, no, I'm not, no, I'm not taking it at this point. He actually didn't say anything. He just shipped it back. So that $30 is back in the pool, and that's the final 30 for this week. And that makes our prize pool of $73. It says 78 on the official page somewhere, but let me fix that. It says 73 in one place, 78 in the other place. And I could honor the 78, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. 73 is enough. It adds up to 73, it's going to be 73. I just fixed it anyway. We're going to find Trader Ruski tonight, and somehow, even though I thought this week we'd have very few topics, I just hadn't really noticed anything worth discussing, aside from a few small things. When I worked on putting the show together, I surprisingly came up with a lot of different things, to the point where... There's actually a lot to talk about tonight. There's no one big topic we're going to spend a long time on, but a lot of kind of small to medium topics that we will discuss this week. 
and it should be a good show, especially if you like variety. One thing unusual this week is that we are not going to have very many poker topics. So if you're kind of sick of poker, if you like the casino topics, the Vegas topics, the gambling topics better than the poker topics, this is a good week for you because there's really not much poker is going to be discussed this week, just the way it fell. So I'm going to try to find Trader Ruski, and then I'll give you the rest of the intro, and then we'll get going. While I'm looking for him, the phone number to call the show, as always, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. You know that sound. I'll wait until this obnoxious thing goes away before I continue. There we go. What's happening, Druff? Trader Ruski, hello. I, I have a new version of Skype again this week. It, it just pushes these new versions, and I find out the bad news like minutes before radio. Because otherwise, I don't open Skype. Like, There's people who message me on Skype, and that's fine. I'll receive it eventually, but I don't open it except for radio. I'm just not a Skype person. So better to text me if you have something to say to me. Anyway, uh, the, the phone numbers of the show I already gave, the 775-372-8355, our main number. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808, the Mount Charleston line, located in a cabin on top of Mount Charleston, Nevada. It's about 40 minutes away from Las Vegas by car. Always about 30 degrees cooler, even in the summer, on Mount Charleston. An interesting place to go, very un-Vegas-like. I forgot if I ever asked you this. Trader Ruski, have you ever been to Mount Charleston? I have. I skied there probably about 15 years ago, maybe. Okay. Have you been there in the summer ever? Yeah, I've never been there in the summer. Yeah, I, I've, I've been both. And really, the, the there's some interesting views, both in the summer and winter, if you go there, just for the scenery. If, even if you don't want to ski or play in the snow or even if it's summertime where there's no snow, it's a it's, it's a pretty scenic place. So I And it's only about I said, like 40 minutes away from Vegas by car. So I recommend going there, especially if you want to get away from Vegas, like during the World Series when it's hot. You just want a different environment, different weather, different scenery. It's a good place to go. They should pay me for this. I've, I, I bet I've gotten a lot of people. I, I know for a fact that some people have gone there because of me. I've had people message me that they're at the hotel over there because I suggested it. Anyway, if you want to listen to the show, there are various ways to do so. And you may say, well, why am I telling you this? You're listening right now, so you must know how to listen. But are you listening the right way or the best way? You can listen live through the site itself. Just go to the radio page on Poker Fraud Alert, the radio tab near the top of the screen, and click on whatever link tell is appropriate for your device, unless it just starts playing, which it might. You can also get the TuneIn app. And listen live through the TuneIn app. There's two choices for Poker Fraud Alert Radio. One of them is live, and one of them are the full show archives. You can pick whichever one you want. And then there's also Amazon Alexa, where you just say, Alexa, play Poker Fraud Alert, play Poker Fraud Alert Radio. Alexa, play Poker Fraud Alert Radio will be Amazon Alexa that'll for the live show or the streaming reruns. And there is the call to listen line. That's a number you just call up on any phone, and you listen to the show. Never buffers, never pauses. Just very easy. It just plays. 605-313-0736. 605-313-0736. Or the alternate number, 641-741-1095. Both will work. 
You just call up and listen. Does not require a smartphone. Does not require a data plan. Does not require the internet. Does not require a very good cell phone connection. And will not use any data. If you're worried about the streaming eating up your data, this won't happen. It'll use zero bytes of data. If you forget any of these phone numbers, just go to the radio tab on Poker Fraud Alert. They're all listed there. Then there is also the text number, which is the same as our main phone number, 775-372-8355. You can text me anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I will never get mad at you for texting me at the wrong time. And I probably will respond to you. If you don't want me putting your texts up, unless it's really obvious, if you don't want me putting your texts up, especially once you send during the show, when I say putting them up, I mean reading them on the show, then make sure to mention at the beginning of your text to me, 775-372-8355, our text number and our main phone number. The chat room is a place you can chat during the live show. There's nobody in there otherwise, but during the live show, there are people there chatting and making commentary. Just click on the chat button. You need a form account in good standing to access that. And to win the free roll money, by the way, pokerfraudalert.com slash free roll. Those are the official rules for qualifying to win the free money. Pokerfraudalert.com slash free roll, all lowercase. I'll give you my agenda, and then we will get going. There's even one hidden topic that I did not list, which we will also talk about this week. Top story is going to be about Daniel Negreanu. He was fired from Poker Stars a number of months ago, I think about six months ago. He likes to say he walked away or they mutually separated. He was fired. But he's now with a different company. I'll tell you about that company. I will play his actual announcement, which I think was kind of too informal. He should have put something better together, especially. He should have also listened to it before putting it out there. It had a little mistake there that doesn't sound very good. I will play it for you. I will tell you about the network he signed with and just give my general opinion of the whole thing. Shareholders for Caesars and El Dorado Gaming have approved the sale. El Dorado did buy Caesars, but the process is not complete. Had the shareholders not approved, then this would not have happened. It's still not final yet. I'll tell you what needs to happen for it to be final, but I do think it will go final. I won't leave you in suspense there. The Palms in Las Vegas is going to allow players to directly buy into the table through a debit card. I don't believe this will work in machines. I don't think that's legal. But at table games, you'll be able to just whip out your debit card and get chips. I don't think that's a good idea. But that's something being offered starting, I believe, on Monday. O.J. Simpson is back in the news. He is suing the Cosmopolitan for an incident that occurred there in 2017 He is now the third black celebrity to be involved with some sort of incident with the Cosmopolitan in the past year. We'll talk about what happened to OJ. Steve Wynn is claiming that Nevada Gaming lacks the authority to punish him further. He has stepped down as CEO because of the sexual sexual harassment allegations against him. He is still facing possible penalties personally, and he feels that This should not be able to happen anymore. So I'll tell you what his arguments are, and I will give my uninformed opinion as to whether his point holds any water. William Hill, which is an English gambling giant, it's been around for a long time. They even had a poker site for a while. I don't know if they still do. I played on it many years ago. 
William Hill bought all of Cantor Gaming's live sportsbook assets, which means there are now, I think, six or seven new William Hill sportsbooks in Las Vegas to add to the many, many that are already in the city and the over 100 in the state of Nevada. So we'll talk all about that and the invasion of William Hill into the sports betting market in the United States. It's a lot more uh, prevalent than you thought. Two people were shot outside of a Florida poker room. That's always a lovely story. We had a story already from last week that a guy murdered a poker opponent who had beaten him in a what seemed to be a private game. This was not a private poker room. This was outside of a regular card room in Florida. Two people were shot. So not a good place to play poker recently, Florida. Not if you want to walk away with your life. Resort World, Resorts World Vegas will have a delay in opening. It already wasn't scheduled to open until uh, 2021. Now it's going to be later in 2021. But there's a reason for the delay. They are supposed to have more features. I will tell you about that. Let's say you're in Vegas and you're a Diamond or Seven Stars card holder. And you want to get free drinks. But you really don't feel like gambling. And you don't feel like sitting at a slot machine and pretending you're gambling. Or sitting at a bar and pretending that you're gambling there. Let's say you just want to go to a bar. And drink without any further expectations and not pay for it. Can you? Answer, yes. I will tell you how. Some Las Vegas locals are eligible for a two-month upgrade and two times reward credit multiplier at Caesars Properties in that city. I will tell you how to get that, when it starts, when it ends, and whether you qualify. The good video poker machines are disappearing from Harris and Harvey's Lake Tahoe. They're either all gone or mostly gone. I'm still having sources look into this. It's disappointing to me because I plan to go there fairly soon. Harris and Harvey's Lake Tahoe previously had, and maybe still do, but previously had the only good video poker pay tables in the entire western U.S. at Caesars Properties. And when I say good pay tables, I mean ones that are substantially above 99% return, and you earn one to your credit per $10 wagered rather than 25 or 50 so those are the only machines like that in the Western U.S., and now it seems like there may not be any anymore or very few. Encore Boston Harbor, which saw itself as a high-limit destination, they had $50 table minimums, and you had to pay to park there. Well, they've realized that both were a mistake, and they have retracted both of these decisions. Finally, a two-time WSOP bracelet winner has passed away. This death was not a surprise. This was someone who's been sick for quite some time. But nevertheless, I will tell you who it is and the circumstances of that death. It was not someone who died young, but they died sort of young. Someone was over 60, but they were below 70. That's our agenda for tonight. But there's also one other topic. I'm going to give a warning about a scammer who has been engaging in low-level trades where they you send him money and then he never sends you the chips on whatever site that uh, you're supposed to be receiving the chips. So I'll tell you who to watch out for. And I'll tell you his incredibly nasty and flippant attitude towards those calling him out. This wasn't just a scammer who took the money and ran. This was someone who took the money and taunted you, which is especially obnoxious. That's our bonus topic tonight. So first, I'm going to talk about uh, Daniel Negreanu and his recent signing. He got fired in May, and that was right around the same time he got married. 
So what happened was he got married, and then from the same resort where he got married, where he was still staying for a few days, he did a balcony video saying, oh, I'm so in love, I'm so happy I got married to Amanda, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, yeah, Poker Stars fired me, I'm not with him anymore. Actually, he wasn't even that honest. He said, I'm not representing Poker Stars anymore. He never said they fired him, but it seemed pretty obvious that's what happened. And if you listened to that video... It was pretty clear that he wasn't very happy with poker stars. That he, he didn't praise them on the way out. He praised individual people, which is never a good sign. When you've worked for that company for so long and they've, they've paid you so much money to be the face of the site and you leave and you can't even say nice things about the site itself, you know you're kind of bitter. To refresh your memory, I'm going to play you the announcement he made on May 23rd. So if you've been on social media at all in the last couple days, you probably noticed that yours truly got married to the girl of his dreams, Miss Amanda Leatherman. Uh, super thankful and happy. I mean, I smiled the whole way through the wedding. It was such a blast to have all the support of friends and family there. So on that note, my life's taking on a new direction, right? We're going to have some babies, get grind up for the World Series. But before that, I have an important announcement to make. Um, about my 12-year run, which is an incredible run with Poker Stars. You know, it was a great run, um, but we're no longer going to be an ambassador for the company. I worked with so many great people, as I said, of late, you know, Scott and Eric and Melanie and Severin and, and the guys, you know, some really good people there at Poker Stars. I've had the opportunity to travel the world, you know, play in Barcelona, Monte Carlo, and the PCA, which were like three of my favorite stops. Um, but uh, I wish everyone the best, as I said, and uh, I'm super excited about the future with my new woman, and uh, yeah, love is in the air. <laughs> Love's in the air. He also tweeted recently, I mean, this is some of the weird things he does. He, he tweeted recently that he had his six-month anniversary with Amanda, and therefore the naysayers were wrong about their relationship not working. <laughs> I mean, congratulations. Your marriage made it six months. Most divorces don't happen at six months. I don't know what that really means, but okay, congratulations. Anyway, Daniel made that announcement on May 23rd. As you could tell, kind of passive-aggressively not praising stars, saying he worked with great people, but nothing good about the site. And I figured that he was probably just let go or lowballed, just like I've said with the other pros there, that when their time for renewal comes up, stars either comes and says... We're not renewing you, or we're renewing you for this super low rate, and then the pros leave anyway. So one of these two things happened to Daniel. He didn't just decide it's time to move on. And for the past six months, he did not have any kind of sponsorship. Now, he could get kind of a lower-level sponsorship. He's still very marketable. But that's not what he's looking for. He doesn't want to tie himself up representing some other site for little money and be stuck with them and not be able to get the big money somewhere else. The problem is there's just not many opportunities these days to get a lot of money being the face of online poker, especially because online poker is pretty much dead in the U.S. still. I mean, yeah, there's those legalized sites, but they're fail sites. The only big sites that are U.S. facing or that are in existence are not U.S. facing. The biggest U.S. facing ones don't really seem to care much about having ambassadors. I'm talking about the America's Card Room and Bovada. And the non-U.S. facing one, the problem is he's an American poker star, or maybe you can say a Canadian poker star because that's where he's from, but he really doesn't appeal to the Europeans as much. 
he's recognizable to Europeans, but he's not as popular with them as he is in North America. So that has been hindering him. That's probably part of the reason PokerStars let him go. I thought some of the bigger reasons, though, involved both that they felt that he just wasn't worth keeping anymore. They were paying him too much compared to what he was bringing in regarding new business. And I think they were probably unhappy with his controversial presence on social media, where he says a lot of polarizing things, both about poker and about politics, and gets in big battles with people constantly, which a lot of people do, but when you're the ambassador of a major site like PokerStars, you have to tone it down. And he doesn't know how to do that. So he's he's as reckless with Twitter as Donald Trump is. So I, I don't know for a fact that was part of the reason he got let go, but I think that may have had something to do with it. So the current largest poker sites in terms of traffic are as follows. The biggest one is PokerStars. The second biggest one is IDN Poker. The third biggest one, and that's a network IDN Poker. The third biggest one is kind of a four-way tie. This is as far as uh, non-US facing sites. You have GG Poker, which is a network. You have Winamax France. You have PokerStars Europe. And you have Party Poker. Those are the four that were kind of virtually tied. And if you count out PokerStars Europe, because it's still a form of PokerStars, just, uh, I guess it's kind of a three-way tie with GG Poker, Winamax France, and Party Poker. Well, he signed up with, with one of those three. One of those three is now what Daniel Negreanu is representing. I'm sure he's not getting what he got with Poker Stars, but they're probably paying him enough to where it was worth his while, and he was willing to tie himself to this site, I don't know for how long, but probably at least a year. Here is his announcement that was posted on November 20th at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. All right, super excited to announce from the Las Vegas trip that yours truly is signing on as an ambassador for GG Poker. Now, in a very short time, GG Poker has really made a name for itself in the online space. I mean, their last GG series, you're talking about 50 million in guarantees, up from 3 million the year before. But in addition- oh, Let me stop for a second here. You may think that the sound quality on Poker Fraud Radio is really bad because you're hearing all that background noise and interference as I'm playing you that video. No, that's actually how the video sounded. <laughs> he did this announcement video about joining GG Poker, a huge decision for him and GG Poker. He does this as he's walking around the Las Vegas Strip. I mean, he can't take a moment to go somewhere quiet. I, maybe he decided that's just when he wanted to announce it at 9 a.m., but okay, uh, go somewhere at least indoors. I mean, do it in a bathroom, for God's sake. Do it anywhere but walking the Strip with all this noise and interference. But going on here let's let's continue in addition to that it's really the software that gets me because the software especially the mobile client is cutting edge super user friendly whoa 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 did he just say that let me go rewind this here did he what he just said client is cutting edge super user friendly super user friendly he, he joins gg poker and says that their software is really what sets it apart and that's because it's super user friendly <laughs> Shouldn't it be super user hostile? We, we had super user friendly sites last decade and it didn't work out very well. We, we had Absolute Poker. They were super user friendly. In fact, the owner was a super user and he stole money from me and many other people. 
We had UB. They were very super user friendly. They had super users for five years, and they stole tens of millions of dollars from people. You, you would think super user friendly is a bad thing, but Daniel must think it's a plus in some way. Because the software, especially the mobile client, is cutting edge. Super user friendly. Mm. Super user friendly. See, this is why you have to go back and listen to your announcements and then say, wait a minute, that does not sound right. Let me redo this. Instead of saying super user friendly, you say super user friendly or how about very user friendly or really user friendly or astoundingly user friendly, not super user friendly. And don't say it quickly where it sounds like you're saying super user is cutting edge, super user friendly, fun and engaging. One of the things you have within the software is a staking platform. So if you want to play a tournament, but you don't want to put up all the money, you can sell a piece of yourself. You can also buy pieces of other players and check their stats and their ROI to make sure that you're making a good buy. Now, that's actually a good idea. I never thought of that before. But, yeah, that's that's a pretty good idea to where people can just put up pieces of themselves to sell on the software and just let other users buy it. And this way you never get rolled because presumably the, the site manages the whole thing and then – you just get a, a whatever piece they cashed, and that's that really eliminates some of the risk from staking people that they actually pay you if the site is managing it. So that, that's actually a great feature. I think that's a neat thing to have there. Let's go on. So if you're in a jurisdiction that allows for it, why don't you go ahead and put a deposit down on GG Poker today, and you can get a 200% deposit bonus by using promo code Daniel. GG, everybody. That's it's showing himself uh, slapping the GG logo on himself. All right, I just realized something. I've watched this several times. I just realized something. This was posted at 9 a.m. on November 20th, 2019. Okay? Now, I realize that we are getting near the shortest day of the year. I realize the sun rises later and later. But last I checked on November 20th, the sun is up and has been up for a few hours. So if that's the case, why is it pitch dark behind Daniel as he's making this announcement? (laughs) and the reason it is is because he clearly recorded this the night before and if you watch the announcement you'll also see that it's interrupted the video part's interrupted by actually showing the software in action which you can't do just walking through the strip that has to be put in there through post-production which makes this even more amazing that someone post-producing this didn't say, wait a minute, Daniel, you said super user-friendly and it's hard to hear you and there's a lot of background noise and this is not a proper announcement when we've just paid you a lot of money to represent us. Let's try a redo, Daniel. Can Can you take some time out of your busy schedule to go somewhere quiet, maybe in your own home, and record an announcement that's easy to hear, doesn't have a lot of background crap, and you don't say the word super user? Is is that too much to ask? Apparently so, because that's... What he submitted, and that's what they used. <laughs> it's not off to a good start regarding the time he's putting into this. Like, you would think this would be like a really slickly produced thing. But it was not. It was not. But that aside, this is a decent signing for him. Since GG Poker is tied for third as the highest traffic real money poker site in the world, and it's been growing fast... In fact, I've been reading online that some players are astounded at their growth because they have a very high rake. I think they may have the highest rake. Don't quote me on that, but that's what some people were saying, that the rake is just very high, and they don't understand why people are flocking to it. But nevertheless, it seems to be rapidly growing, and it's very possible they will pass IDN Poker eventually. 
And it's possible that further down the line, they'll pass poker stars and be the biggest one. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, you might be saying, what is GG Poker? I've never heard of it. How could this be tied for the third largest site? And I've never heard of it, you might say. Well, that is because, number one, it's not U.S.-facing. And number two, you may be familiar with it in another form, because GG Poker is the flagship site of the GG Network. So they also have skins, in addition to GG Poker, that feed directly into GG Poker and are the exact same tables and games. It's just a different way in. So the skins that I know of that currently exist, besides GG Poker itself, are 138, W88, Tian Long, Best Poker, All New Poker, Natural 8, Optibet, All Win City, Sun Game, and uh, this one may be my favorite, Latina Poker. (laughs) What is Latina Poker? Are there really that many Latinas playing poker that you have a whole skin based around that? I didn't think poker was that big with Latinas. I've seen some Hispanic women playing poker. I just didn't think this was big enough to be a, a poker site by itself, but apparently it is. If some of these names sound Asian to you, like W88, Tian Long, Natural 8, Sun Game, and All New Poker. All New Poker isn't like Asian on the surface, but if you think about it, that totally sounds like something Asians would come up with. But if it sounds like that to you, then it shouldn't surprise you because the GG Poker network is very Asian-focused. There's a lot of Asian players on there. Natural 8, despite being a skin, I know has various pros they've signed to represent them, including Kitty Quo and I forgot some others, but Natural 8 has actually been spending money, even even though they're just a skin, which usually isn't a good idea. Usually being a skin has a very low profit margin in the first place, and if you also sign pros to represent your site, you're probably not going to be making money. So I don't know if I approve of that business plan. This was already tried with Victory Poker by Daniel Fleischman, signing up all these pros like Daniel Bazarian, and that did not work out very well because it was just a skin of cake poker, which itself had problems. Anyway, Daniel is not the face of these other sites, and he's not even necessarily the face of the network. He's actually just the face of GG Poker, and that's an important distinction to make. He's not, for example, the face of Natural 8 Poker. I have no idea what they'd be paying him here, but again, he wouldn't sign up for peanuts. He he wouldn't be doing this for 50K. I guarantee that if like 50K was involved, he'd say forget it. It's, it's got to be six figures. I, I would highly doubt that it's seven figures. Highly doubt, unless they're really overpaying him. I would highly doubt that he's getting... One million dollars. But, like 500,000? I'd believe that. I, I'm just pulling these figures out of my ass. I don't know what the truth is. But it's got to be something to be worth his while. And he's not really hurting for money now because he did have a good World Series of Poker. I think he profited about a million bucks in the World Series and World Series of Europe combined, even though he lost in Europe. I think he won like 1.2 in the U.S. And I, I think he's smart enough to save up money and not blow it all at this point, especially since he's trying to be the family man, wants to have kids, as you heard six months ago. How's that going? How is that? Now, I, th- I realize it's not a rush right now. I think Amanda's like 34, but I don't, I don't know if she really wants to have kids. I know he really wants to have kids, but I, I'm having a hard time picturing her as a mother. 
Maybe she'll surprise me. There have been women I've known that I would have never pictured having kids, and then they, they do, and then they're good moms. Sometimes it happens, but she's one of those women I just kind of have a hard time picturing it. So, I know it's only been six months, but at the same time, you never know when the clock runs out for women. Uh, some women can have kids into their 40s. Others, they get past 35, they start having a lot of trouble. So he should he should get to it if Amanda's really game for this. I'm sure Amanda is breathing a big sigh of relief though that he has the steady income coming in because here she marries him and he's got this lucrative gig with poker stars for all those years and then on the wedding day <laughs> or two days after the wedding day he announces, "Well, guess what? I'm not with poker stars anymore." I had wondered if he held it back from Amanda until after she said, "I do." So I'm thinking, hmm, like what if he just can't get a lucrative contract with anyone anymore and then just isn't winning in poker? Like how much will Amanda tolerate of this? But then he has won at poker, at least in cash, or not in cash, at least in tournaments. I don't know about cash or if he even plays cash anymore. And now he's with GG Poker. So I, I'm i not worried about Daniel's finances at this point. I think they're pretty solid. And this was a good signing. Some people have commented that the fact that they have the highest rake out there is a great fit for Daniel because of the more rake is better thing that is going around about him for a long time. That was courtesy of Doug Polk making fun of him. And as I said last week, he didn't directly say that more rake is better, but he did kind of imply it in a way. What he was trying to say is if a site raises the rake and then pros leave, it's actually better for you overall because you'll win more in the games than you pay an extra rake. But that statement has a lot of problems, which I've gone over before. And it is a way of saying more rake is better. It's not directly saying it, but it's kind of indirectly saying it. So Doug Polk wasn't lying. Boy, those two hate each other. I'm just still astounded by this video. They, they definitely could have done a better job with this. I mean, come All on. right, super excited to, to announce from the Las Vegas Strip that yours... In the background. <laughs> Don't they want to message Daniel back like at the time he sends them this video and go, uh, Daniel, can you take another shot at this one? It's not even like he took a lot of time doing this or that the video was long. The video was a minute long, and he did it as he's walking. He, he couldn't even stop walking. He's, he's walking through the strip. He can't even stop walking. He was like a, he was like in a hurry somewhere. And it's like, oh, I forgot to do the promotion video about me being a GG Poker Pro. Well, they just paid me a half a million bucks, but screw them. I'm not stopping. I'm not going to stop walking. I don't want to be two minutes late where I'm going. So we're going to do this as we walk. Truly, he's signing on as an ambassador for GG Poker. Now, in a very short time, GG Poker has really made a name for itself in the online space. I mean, yeah, it made such a big name for itself. You can't, you can't stop and go to a quiet place making this announcement. Their last GG series, you're talking about 50 million in guarantees, up from 3 million the year before. But in addition to that, it's really the software that gets me because the software, especially the mobile client, is cutting edge, super user friendly, fun, and engaging. Yeah, it's very fun and engaging to play with super users. They, they definitely engage you. They raise you. When you don't have it, they fold when you do have it. They're very engaging super user. Something that can't be said of a super user is that they're not engaging. They engage you plenty when you play against them. <sighs> Good job, Daniel. That's what you needed. That's what Amanda wanted. And that would have, that's what I would have done in your shoes. I'm not going to criticize it. I would have done exactly what you did if I were you, except I would have made a better video. That's the only difference. Okay, Trader Risky, uh, had you seen this announcement prior to this show? This is the first I've heard of it. Did you like super user friendly? 
I, I, I don't know if many people caught that stuff, but since you pointed out, you know, it's definitely, uh, could have been done better. I went to look at his Twitter the second I heard that, and the very first response was, quote, super user friendly. It was actually from Eric Froelich, so he caught it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And a lot of people said that in the responses. Like, that, that's kind of dominated the response was super user friendly. I just don't know, like, did Daniel not go back and listen himself? Did GG Poker not listen to this and catch that? Like, I don't know. It's, uh, and then even put, even if you say that they can miss that, why, why would he have not spent more time on this announcement? Very weird. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to the topic about the Caesars sale to El Dorado and the update I have on that situation. Again, Caesars sold to El Dorado earlier this year. And it's not final. It's pending a few different things. Shareholder approval and regulatory approval. And once those things happen, then the sale will be final. And El Dorado will officially own 51% of Caesars and will then have all decision-making power. So they're not going to own the entire company, but they're going to be the ones in charge. And that's what really matters for us. I've told people before that you're not likely to see any changes as a customer anytime soon, that the changes you'll probably see the soonest would be ones having to do with properties that they either sell or buy, it's or, or ones that they add to the Caesars total rewards program because the companies have merged, because El Dorado has a lot of casinos itself. That's the type of stuff you'll see immediately, but as far as operationally, it's going to be very similar. And the World Series of Poker should be just about identical in 2020, except there may be El Dorado signage there instead of Caesar signage. But they will be keeping the Caesar's brand, so maybe not. I wouldn't say instead of. I should say in addition to. It may say like Caesar's and something about El Dorado on there. I'm just saying it might. It may also might not. Because El Dorado has agreed to keep the Caesar's branding, and they have agreed to keep total rewards. So Total Reward is not going away. It's not changing names except for its previous change to Caesars Rewards, which is what it's technically called now. And the company name is going to be Caesars, even though it's going to be technically El Dorado in charge. So the update on this is that there is a shareholder approval that has occurred. And this was expected to happen. This is not a shock. But yeah, the shareholders have actually approved overwhelmingly, the sale on both ends. And if this didn't happen, then the whole thing would have fallen apart. The only reason there wasn't a lot of drama about this is because it was decided, it was assumed, not decided, it was assumed that this is what was going to occur. So the holders of over 99% of the El Dorado shares approved the acquisition. And that was it. (laughs) Then at Caesars, also 99% plus approval. So I I wonder what the other 1% or less than 1% on both sides were thinking. I'd love to hear from them why they did not want to approve this. But since this has been overwhelmingly approved, now now it is going to... uh, be merged, provided that regulators approve this early next year. The voting for El Dorado took place in Reno, which is where their headquarters are. 
And the voting for Caesars, I don't know exactly where that took place, but it was probably Las Vegas, my guess. The Eldorado stockholders also approved the incorporation of Eldorado Resorts in Delaware after the merger is complete. They're going to be moving from Nevada to Delaware. Not sure why they're doing that, but that was also approved. Once this happens, once they merge together, this will be the biggest casino company in the U.S. It does not seem they're going to change anything about the World Series or the operations of Caesars itself, as I was mentioning before. And once everything merges, El Dorado, 51% ownership, full control. And even though the Rio has been sold already, they do have a lease-back deal with them for the next two years to where at least for 2020, for sure, it's going to take place there. And in 2021, probably will, but may not. In 2022, there's a good chance it'll be in the convention center. El Dorado is about to cough up a lot of money and stock in order to get their share of Caesars. They are going to pay the sum of money of $100 billion. No, but about 7% of that, close to 8% of that, uh, uh, $7.2 billion in cash. And then also 77 million shares of stock. And that's what is necessary to get that 51%. Also, that debt that Caesars still holds that caused the bankruptcy, which hasn't completely gone away, that is going to remain with the existing company, or with the new company, shall I say. The merged company, they're they're still going to have all that debt and have to deal with it. That's something else that you should keep in mind. But I would not worry about this. This I don't see another bankruptcy coming. I don't see the company being in trouble. Everything should be fine for the time being. You don't have to go spend your rewards credits. I, I remember hearing the panic about this sale. Like, oh my god, you better spend your, all your RCs now because they're going to go away and they're going to reset them. I go, there is no chance of that. There's no way they're going to drive away their total rewards customers. That's been such a successful program and people like it so much to, to drive them away by zeroing their RCs, there's no chance they would do that. that. That would be the behavior of a small, shady casino that's struggling and needs to find every way to save money. A large company like Caesars would never do that. So it's chugging along. And sometime early next year, I will announce that regulators have approved it, which I also expect to happen. And then that will be the new company. And we'll see where it goes from there. There's good and bad about it for the players, but I still feel more bad than good. It takes away options. If you get banned from any property, now there's more properties that you're going to be banned at collectively. There's a good chance they're going to merge their existing banned list. So if you're banned in an El Dorado company, it's possible that you'll be at a, also banned at a Caesars property and vice versa. And just less competition for the quality of games and... Everything else that goes along with the casino business, you always want more competition, not less. The only benefit you'll be gaining is that your Caesars Rewards card will work at more places around the country, especially in some smaller markets where Caesars didn't exist. 
that'll be the only good part of the whole thing. But it's more bad than good. All right, moving along here. The Palms is going to allow players to directly buy in to table games using just their debit card while they're at the table. Now, I had thought prior to this announcement that this was not legal. I was quite surprised to see that this was announced, but it is happening. And I guess probably what's illegal in Nevada is doing so at machines. But at table games, it's probably legal, something I did not know until this announcement was made, but it's clear that they are not breaking the, the law at the Palms, that obviously this is something that is allowed to do. If you remember on a recent show, I played you that Bob Today, Bob Yesterday video from IGT, the maker of slot machines and video poker. And you probably got to hear that funny segment where they were talking about all the benefits of having a system, a smart system that you can buy in directly through your player's card and direct link directly to your bank account, uh, deposit and withdraw to and from your bank account to play at these machines and how it tracks you as you're walking through the casino and gives you offers on machines you walk by and intrusive crap like that. Now, this was aimed, this video, at casino execs, not customers. But I kept saying, don't expect this in Vegas anytime soon because it's illegal, something I still stand by. But what I did not realize is that something similar could exist at table games. So this was sent to me on uh, November 20th. It's a sign in the Palms, Vegas, that says this, a big sign that was meant to be seen by everybody walking by. Cashless gaming is here. Any debit card, any time. And then it has a logo saying play on with an arrow. Ultimate player benefits. Convenient, safe, and secure. Simple, quick, and easy. Access funds from your seat. No hidden fees. No sign-up required. Ask a table games representative for more details. So, what does this mean? Well, the bottom is the most interesting. Ask a table games representative for more details, not ask a table games or a slot representative for more details. So clearly it's only table games. It is interesting there's no fees. It is interesting there's no hassle or sign-up required that you really can, right when you walk into the casino, presumably without even a player's club card, just sit down and like at a blackjack table and say, hey, I'd like to buy in for 500 please, and hand them your debit card. And they can run your debit card and just hand you $500 in chips. Why not credit cards? I'm assuming because there's a fee to credit cards, and they don't want to eat that. There's, they'll, they'll pay like a, I think like a two point something percent fee on their end if they do it uh, with a credit card, maybe even more. Uh, and I think it would also hit the customer with a cash advance fee in many cases. So it's just something they don't want to do. Well, and I think just allowing them to play on credit has to be a no-no. I think. In the- yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's easier to charge long right, and it's probably easier to charge back than it is with a debit card. So whatever it is, there's no sign up, no hidden fees, which presumably means just no fees at all. I hope there's no fees. If there's fees, it's pretty obnoxious. And yeah, you just hand it to somebody, presumably the pit boss at whatever table game you want there in the Palm. This is starting in three days. I was told this is going to be starting on November 25th. Now, how much can you degen off sitting at the table from your debit card? Let's say you have a bank account with a lot of money. Let's say your debit card is attached to a bank account with... One million dollars. 
could you shoot off a million dollars? Presumably the bank, if the bank wouldn't stop you. Let's say the bank let you do unlimited debit card charges up to whatever's in your account. Could you do it? No. I was told from someone else who had asked about the situation that the maximum is $2,500 per 24 hours. Why that limit? I'm not sure. I don't know if there's a limit the Palms puts on. I don't know if there's a limit that that gaming allows them to do. I have to imagine it's probably something legal. I don't think the Palms would decide this. But, yeah, this appears to be the first step towards making bigger degenerates out of you and I. That they want you to not have the hassle of going to the ATM machine and perhaps feeling bad as you pull out that cash and having to walk away from the table or maybe even having a cool-down period as you walk away from the table and think, ah, well, I was going to rebuy, but ah, just walk over to the ATM, screw it. Or maybe you don't want to stand on the long ATM line or maybe the $20 ATM fee is dissuading you from it. Yeah, that's just what I was thinking about. The walk alone to regroup is gone. So then they're just going to be sucking their debit cards in. It's going to be brutal. Yeah. And I wonder if eventually they'll loosen up on this in Nevada and make it possible for tables to, uh, for uh, machines too. And I can see why at a table they're more willing to do it than machines. I'm talking from the regulation standpoint because at machines there's no human you're interacting with. At least in a table game environment, they can. There's someone supervising the whole thing. Like I, I think for machines, there's a few problems. There's a, there's a potential fraud problem. There's a, like there's a potential not just fraud, but ways to get around the limit. Like you could bring your wife's card and your friend's card, and even if they give you permission, this is the way you could degen off more money. Where at the table, you couldn't do that. You couldn't hand them cards with different names on it. So I think the human element there at the table games makes this a little less prone to abuse by problem gamblers. But still, they are trying to get problem gamblers doing it. That's that's the whole point. Now, I can sit here and take guesses about this, but I figured, why guess when there's another way? Why, why would we want to just guess when we have something that's called a telephone and when I have the willingness to make phone calls? So since there was a lot of good reaction to my new... Dwight Thornwood character. Dwight is going to make a return tonight, and he's going to call up the Palms. He's going to ask about this. Thank you for calling Palms Casino Resort and Spa. This call may be monitored or recorded. Please remain on the line for the first available hotel operator. Thank you for calling the Palms Casino Resort. This is Milo. How may I assist you? Yep. Uh, this here is Dwight Thornwood. Um, I, I wanted to find out some uh, information about uh, this there uh, program you all have there, about uh, something where I can take my debit card to the table and buy right on in. You know you know nothing about that? Or uh, can you put me in someone? I where... don't, but, yeah, I can put you in with the table games. One moment, sir, okay? All right. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Is there anything else I can help you with before nope. I get them on the line for you? Nope. Let's get on moving. Okay, sir. You have a nice evening. Thank you. Hotel stays. If you don't have a card, signing up is quick and easy. Just visit the reward center at any station, casino, or fiesta in no time at all. Hey, this is Karina. Yeah, yeah. This, this is Dwight Thornwood. Have I reached the uh, the table games department here? 
Yes, this is table game. Yep, all right. Now, I, I don't see this sign that's uh, sitting around in, in the palms. It's something about, uh, it says play on, and you can use your debit card in order You're to... You're cutting off. I can't hear you. Yeah, yeah. For, for some reason, I can't hear you no, none too well either. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes. All right, all right. So, I, I seen this sign when I was walking around the palms, and it says something about uh, you can use your, t- your uh, debit card to buy in at the tables. Is, is this true? Yes, it's true, but it's not It's not going to be effective until probably in about the next couple of weeks, maybe in about a week or so. All right. So, so, yes. yes, that is true. Yeah, some, someone around there said, oh, it's going to be happening Monday. And I'm like, you know what? I, 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 my, my payday is Friday, and I, I was going to take my girl Lurleen out there to uh, to the Outback Steakhouse, but I was going to hold on and not do that till Monday to go play here on my debit card. It sounds pretty fun. So so, so you're telling me it ain't going to be for like a week or two? Yeah. Yes, yes. All right. It's going to be, we were going to do it on Monday, starting Monday, but no, it's not Monday. It's going to be maybe in the next week or so. All right. Now, now I can't do this like at video poker nothing, right? No, it's only on table games. All right. Now, now uh, w- what is the limit I can spend? Like, if I, if I get a, a bonus at work there for uh, for cleaning a lot of the hogs and, and doing a good job of it, and they sell a lot of pork, do, am, I, am I eligible to, like, could I pull out, like, 5000 bucks? What's the most I could do? Uh, I believe it's twenty five hundred. Now, now is this is this the Palms' decision to make it twenty five hundred, or is it? Uh, yes. Or is yes. It, so yes. Y- y'all could do more. You're just choosing not to. I don't that I don't know, but all I know is the max you can take out on tables is twenty five hundred. All right. 20, now, now that is that in, the, in a twenty four hour period? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I do know it's uh, it's twenty five hundred dollar max. All right. Now, now I don't got to sign up or nothing, right? I can just sit my butt down at the table games, and I can just start playing, whip out my debit card, and you can just give me chips? No, you, we need your debit card. Well, no, we need, I s- you're going to have to swipe your card yep. in the, the machine. You're going to have to put in your PIN. We're going to have to see your ID. All right. So it's all that. So I, I, I got to show my ID to you guys, and I got to enter Absolutely. my PIN. Absolutely. And then it, how much can I get at once? Can I get all 2500 at once or only some at a time? No, twenty. You can get twenty five hundred dollars. Well, so I can just get the whole the whole kit and caboodle at once. Wow. That, yeah, that, de- yeah, depend. Yeah, depends if your car lets you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if my bank gonna let me do that, but yeah, that's uh, right. That's that's now. Um, I, I do have one concern though, because sometimes I lose a bit of control. Now I know it's only twenty five hundred bucks, but that ain't you no know, chump change to me. And you know, my my dad has said if they make it too easy for you to spend money. Then maybe it's money you don't want to be spending. So um, I'm a little concerned. What, what should I do if I'm a little concerned? I can't control myself, and I might just shoot it all off. When otherwise, if I blow the cash I bring there, maybe I'm more willing to walk away and not lose as much. Right. Well, we have pamphlets here that we can offer you. So we have all that information. If you guys, if you would like to, uh, uh, more right. on information on that. Now, 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 by pamphlets, you're saying like responsible gaming pamphlets, right? Yes. All right. Yes. Well, I thank you for the information. Can I ask you what your name is? Yeah, my name is Dwight Thornwood, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to come on down and play these games here. So you think maybe in a week or two, is that correct? Yes, yes. All right, well, I'll come on down there and, uh, you know, oh, and one more question is an important question here. If, if, I, if I come play here, I don't need no player's card, right? Uh, that, I'm not sure. Yeah. I would have to ask. 
the boss about that. Yeah. But I don't know if you do need one or not. Yeah, see, I, I don't I don't want my girl Lurleen knowing about this. I don't want her to know I'm doing nothing here. And if we start getting mess, mail from the Palms, I don't really want that. I just want to be able to play. So you with, don't, you don't, you don't, we can sign you up, but you don't have to get any mail. We put that on the computer. All right. I just, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to sign up for nothing. Sometimes it's a computer mistake and I get mail and Lurleen goes, hey, hey, what? I thought you said you weren't going right. to gamble no more. And I said, right, well, right, you know, right. I, well, I, they're just sending me this free plan. She says, you don't get no $200 free play if you don't gamble none. So, you know, I don't want to have all that trouble. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you. Right. Thank you very much. What, what did you say your name oh, is? Kalina. Colleen. All right. Well, you've been very helpful. Thank you much. I'm uh, much obliged. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, we, we've pretty much heard the same thing that I told you guys. That was pretty accurate with my info there. I think I knew more than she did. I, I'm still wondering about the, the player's card thing. I wonder if they're just making that like, as easy as possible. No player's card, no sign-up, no nothing. You just need the pin, your ID, and you can pull the whole damn 2500 at once. Though I think a lot of banks won't allow that. I think a lot of banks have some kind of limit. I, I wonder if some banks will just like stop allowing this too. I wonder if some banks will just opt out and say, no, we're not doing it. Now, I don't think there's a way you could really charge back because, it, first, first of all, it's harder to charge back a debit card and I, I try to tell people that just in general, if you have an option to use a credit card or a debit card, if you have both, even ignoring the fact that you usually earn some kind of points or miles or whatever with a credit card and you don't with a debit card, that it's better to use a credit card because there's more protections and it's a lot easier to charge back. I'm not saying it's impossible to charge back on a debit card, but it's harder. But even that aside, uh, I think given that you're there, you show the ID and they even have you on video playing – so it would be hard to claim it wasn't you if you lose. I mean, maybe you could make some sort of responsible gaming argument that you shouldn't have to pay, but I don't think the bank would rule in your favor. The thing with debit cards, the money's already been taken, and the bank has to give it back to you, and that's a lot harder than forgiving you for a charge that you haven't paid yet. It would sound like it's the same, but it's not the same. I don't know. I don't like the idea of that. And I don't mean for myself. Even though Dwight Thornwood has a gambling problem and his girlfriend, Lurleen, doesn't know that he's gambling. Um, I'm not worried about myself. But I, I think there's people out there that this sh- shouldn't be available to. And the truth is it'll be available to anyone with a debit card. I think this is just asking for degenerates to blow every dollar in their bank account until there's none left. And as Trader Risky said that, and I think, and I think one question. Sorry, Jeff, to cut you off, but you didn't ask about fees, right? Oh crap! How, how did I, of all people, forget to ask about fees? That's the problem. I get I so I get so into these characters, I actually become them. See, Dwight Thornwood wouldn't care about fees, so that's the problem. I'm, I'm thinking like I really try to think like the character does in order to make it sound more realistic. And sometimes I, I actually step out of myself, as strange as that sounds, and concerns I would normally have. The character doesn't have it, and I don't ask it. It's it's weird, but that, that really happens. <sighs> well, I guess that'll be another time we find that out. Damn it, how did I forget that important question? Well, we found out almost everything we need, and, and we had an opportunity to make a call. People say they, they want to hear more calls. so And I just thought of that on the fly. I actually I didn't plan to do that call today, and then as I was talking about it, I go, well, I got this question, that question. I go, well, crap, why don't we call them? So we did. All righty, let's talk about another subject. See, we're going through these fast today, huh? We are going through these fast. There's a lot of topics, though. There's like 13 topics. So we, it still won't be a very short show. O.J. Simpson is in the news again. O.J. Simpson 
had an incident at the Cosmopolitan, which I'm if I knew about it, I forgot it. I mean, it's even possible I covered it on the show and don't remember anymore. But he had an incident in 2017. We had an incident on the show. We just lost Trey Ruski. But he had an incident in 2017 where he got kicked out of the Palms. Not the Palms. See, I'm getting confused now. He got kicked out of the Cosmo. <laughs> I'm all screwed up here. OJ got kicked out of the Cosmo in November 2017, two years ago, and he was banned permanently from the property for being drunk and disruptive. He was 70 years old at the time. He had only recently gotten out of prison. Remember that long prison sentence he got, not for murdering Nicole Brown and for murdering Ron Goldman, which he did, but for the attempt to get stuff back that he thought was his and he set up some meeting and brought some guys with him and pulled a gun on all of them and uh, for that he got a pretty stiff sentence so he was in prison in Nevada for a long time and had gotten out not too long before this November 2017 incident according to a TMZ report OJ was drunk and disruptive at the Cirque Bar at the Cosmo. This is what it says on TMZ. It says, OJ Simpson thrown out of Vegas hotel for belligerence. This is d- dated November 9th, 2017. OJ Simpson was booted from the Cosmopolitan Hotel Wednesday night after getting wasted and then being extremely unruly, allegedly. Simpson had been frequently frequenting bars at the hotel since his release from prison. Hotel staff tells TMZ at around midnight last night, Simpson was drunk and became disruptive at the Cirque Bar. We're told Simpson was very angry at hotel staff and glasses broke at the bar. And then they have a picture of Simpson being uh, escorted out with security. But that doesn't really mean much. I mean, that's a... So he admits that he did get escorted out and permanently banned. Reportedly, he didn't fight with the security guards. He was, quote, nice to the security guards once they came. Now, OJ's had various incidents also over the years where he would get in, in traffic accidents and lash out at people. Like, this is a guy with a very bad temper. It wasn't just a one-off thing with killing two people. I mean, this is just not a good guy. Good football player, but not a good guy. So, OJ is now suing the Cosmopolitan... Now, how could he be suing them when he was the one who caused the trouble? Why is he the one filing the lawsuit? The lawsuit is for defamation. Okay, we're going to put Traderuski on, and then we'll continue with this story. Hey, Jeff. Okay. I'm back. So you lost your internet. Yeah, it's not great. Up here. You know, I'm in San Luis Obispo oh, that's now. Right. That's right. And, of course, I'm leading the PFA tournament. I got knocked oh, out my. again. I'm pretty deep in a Bovada one, too, so I had to get back in real quick. So, <laughs> so the p- people in the PFA tournament, they had they thought for a moment that uh, the chip leader is just going to blind off. And exactly. No, you're, you're back. Okay, so he's suing for defamation because he's claiming that what uh, the Cosmo reported about him was completely false. 
He claims in his lawsuit that it was a typical night for him and his friends at the Cosmo. There was no incident at the Cirque Bar. And that he was confronted by security in the parking garage, and then he was given the notice that he would have to leave and would be trespassing if he came back. So he said the entire incident was entirely fabricated, and also stated in in his lawsuit that his parole officer made a surprise appearance at his house the next day, and they gave him a drug and alcohol test, and the results were negative. So they're claiming if that was true, then he could not have been intoxicated the night before. Now, how's that true? <laughs> the night before, I, I don't think there is any evidence of being drunk if uh, a lot of hours pass since you had your last drink. So let's say you go home and 10 hours pass. Uh, your blood alcohol level has got to be very low if not uh, the alcohol will be out of your system completely. And I, I'm not a drinker, so I can't tell you how long it takes, but uh, the, I don't know how many hours this was in between, but unless unless they happen to test his blood alcohol level like within an hour, this doesn't tell you very much. But sometimes they just put stupid stuff in lawsuits. So also, the lawsuit claims that this parole officer went to the Cosmo the next day and couldn't find any evidence that his parole was violated. But it doesn't say that they went there and found that there was no evidence that he ever was disorderly at the bar. It could be something that he didn't violate his parole, but was still obnoxious enough to be kicked out. O.J. Simpson is seeking at least $15,000 in damages along with legal fees, which isn't very much, but maybe, maybe these days for him it is. In 2019, Meek Mill was banned from the Cosmo from an incident there. And also, right now, Kevin Hart is being sued involving a sex tape that was filmed there. So it seems like whenever we're hearing these celebrity stories with Las Vegas or something bad happens and the celebrity is black, it seems like the Cosmo is involved. If I had to guess here, I would say OJ probably was guilty of this and did this. They, like they're not going to just escort him out for no reason. They're not they're not going to just approach OJ and say, "Yeah, we're we're kicking you out even though absolutely nothing happened." And even if you say, "Well, maybe they just don't want him there because of the bad reputation he has from committing murder and getting away with it." Maybe they just don't want him upsetting the clients there, his presence upsetting them. They don't have to give him a reason. They don't have to say, "OJ, we're we're making up that you were just drunk and disorderly at Cirque." They can say, Hey, OJ, we just don't want you on the property. And if he asked why, they'll say, we don't have to tell you why, we're kicking you out. And the only thing that they can't do is kick him out for something that's federally protected. They couldn't kick him out for being black. They couldn't kick him out for being old. But they could kick him out because they just don't like him or that he was a, a negative figure in the news and they don't want to be associated with him. They don't want him on the property. And they don't have to tell him. And if he were to sue them for that, they could easily say, look, a lot of people have negative opinions of OJ. A lot of people are upset to see someone they believe killed people, someone who actually lost a civil suit for wrongful death for those murders, that they don't want to see that person in the Cosmo, and we just don't want him here. And they would win that suit 100% of the time. They have every right to tell OJ, we just don't want you here. So they don't have to make this up. Nor do they have to leak this story to TMZ. I think maybe it's possible he forgot this all happened. <laughs> maybe he was so drunk that the next day he wakes up 
And his parole officer comes by and says, hey, I heard there was an incident at the Cosmo. He's like, what? No, no, no. On the way out, they told me I'm, I'm, I'm banned and I can't come back. I'm not sure why, but whatever. I accepted it. Are you sure, OJ? And if OJ says it's a typical night, does that mean he's either robbing somebody or stabbing somebody? Right, right. That's, that's actually worse than than he's claiming ha- than they're claiming happened there. Yeah, a typical night would mean that uh, he's either holding someone at gunpoint to, t- to take stuff away that he thinks is his, or or, or he's stabbing two people to death. Uh, that would be a typical night in OJ's life. That's a good point. Yeah, I think it's very unlikely this was made up or exaggerated. I, maybe a few details are wrong. Like they claim glass was broken. Like maybe glass wasn't broken, or maybe maybe he didn't throw glasses. Maybe he's like waving his arms when he's arguing, and and, and his elbow like knocked the glass down, and, and the glass broke. Like that could happen, where the report is a little bit misleading. But I would be absolutely shocked if OJ was just calm and innocent the entire time at the Cosmo. Not causing anyone any trouble, and on his way out with his boys, and then those security guards, those pesky security guards, come over and say, "OJ, I'm sorry, you're an angel, but we're going to have to kick you out and read you the trespass act." I just, I don't believe it. It just doesn't sound right. I know it's hard for you to believe, given that uh, OJ Simpson is such a sweet guy with such a, a good temperament, someone who's never been suspected of flying off the handle and. Doing things because he gets pissed off. But I think this happened. Sometimes good people do bad things. Sorry, OJ. Just never ends with OJ. Even out of prison, he can't, he, he can't stay out of the news of this stuff. And he's doing it for 15000 Does he really need 15000 is, is he really that broke? I, I guess he is because Ron, uh, Ron Goldman's dad, Fred, is, is still able to collect all his stuff. Like I, I'm, sure, I'm not sure he even. No, wants- but he has that pension from the NFL where he gets about three. I think he gets three sixty a year that they can't touch. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So why does he need the fifteen thousand? Maybe it's just the so he could say that he was innocent when the whole thing's over. It's weird. I think. Well, why not go for the gold? Why not sue for? But why not take the the Mac for standing approach and just sue him for ten million? That's what he should do. He should just sue him for ten million. Take a shot in the dark. Actually, there is a reason not to do that, and that is it looks bad. It looks bad to the judge when you appear to be too greedy. I've I've seen this where, and I don't know for sure, but I've seen where people lose in court because it seems like they're asking for too much, and you could tell the judge is kind of pissed. Like you, like the judge will ask, why are you suing for this much? And when the person can't really explain it, when it appears the person just wanted to put an eye-popping number to scare the other person, uh, a lot of judges will get pissed by this, or pissed about this, and, and will uh, not be as favorable towards the uh, the plaintiff. If we had Eric Benzamokin on, he could tell us more about that. But that's just been my experience. But I think it's more that you have to justify it. You know, I lost this much money, I this much pain, so it's this much times that. Yeah, but by the way, uh, Trader Risky, we're, we're having issues with your sound. I'm hearing like a lot of, like that. I'm hearing like a lot of scratching as you're talking. Are you like maybe rubbing the phone is, against is, your, your Is face? that better? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot better. Yeah, no, I didn't shave, but I think it was. So. <laughs> you got to shave before PFA. It doesn't mean if it's just because it's a radio show doesn't mean you have to. You can show up here looking bad. You got to. You, gotta, you know, I, ha- I have the suit and tie on. I just forgot to shave. Yeah, you, you've, you've always got to look your best. You're, I, that, that's why I started late tonight. I said, "Hold on, hold on. I've, I've, I've got to shave. I've got to put on a, a nice shirt. I, I've got to uh, brush my hair very nicely. Put in some gel. Uh, I, I've got to make sure that I look my best because it people can tell through the radio." They they did, they can tell if if I just woke up and my hair sticking up in a million places and I haven't shaved and I'm in my underwear. They can tell from the sound of my voice. Okay, 
Next, let's talk about another fine individual in Las Vegas. That would be one Steve Wynn. Steve Wynn, who had a very good reputation, pretty much ruined by the Me Too era, when it came out that he was a serial sexual harasser. And that he did so while at work at the Wynn. And a lot of stories came out about him, and it would be very hard to believe that all of these were fabricated or exaggerated. It did seem like he was just a pervert who just did what he wanted and didn't think there would be a consequence. And there were a few payments over the years to various women who did complain to keep them quiet. And he thought that everything was fine until 2017 when it was encouraged for all women who were victimized at work, especially by rich or famous or powerful men to come forward and call them out. And Steve Wynn was one who was taken down by that. And he was pressured very hard to resign, which he did as CEO of, of Wynn Resorts. And he is uh, pretty much disgraced at this point. And he is no longer associated with Wynn Resorts in any way, even though it still bears his name. Now, of course, that's all old news. But there is a, a new piece of news that has come out. As part of the whole process of divorcing himself from the win, Steve Wynn sold all of his stock in the win and stepped down as CEO in February of 2018. So we're talking about almost two years ago now. And despite that, in October, Nevada Gaming, they, they filed an official complaint against him that they wanted to revoke his gaming license and possibly levy a fine against him because he still had his gaming license. He just wasn't CEO of the win or working with any gaming company at that point. And he had sold the stock, but he still technically held the gaming license. So the Nevada Gaming Commission filed a complaint to basically get that revoked. Well, Wynn's legal team filed a 25-page response to that complaint last week. So Steve Wynn is claiming that they don't have the ability to discipline him further because he's not a threat anymore in any way. He's not working in gaming. He's not trying to work in gaming. He's of no threat to the gaming industry or the general public, so why are they coming after him? That's basically what his 25-page response is saying, that this is frivolous and that they don't even have the authority to punish someone who isn't actively part of the gaming industry or presenting any threat to it. I think the biggest concern he has, aside from just losing the license and having the embarrassment of that, is also the matter of a fine that they could hit him with a stiff fine, and he doesn't want that. Now, keep in mind, he has a ton of money, Steve Wynn, so it's not like he can't afford the fine. Whatever fine they hit him with, even if it's like tens of millions of dollars, he'll still be just totally okay. I mean, he has a lot of money. Uh, according to one source I read, as of December 2017, his net worth was $3.4 billion. So, like, what if they hit him with a $30 million fine? He can't afford that. But still, he just doesn't want to pay it. It's not like even if you have $3.4 billion, you don't want to pay $30 million unnecessarily. So I think he's probably trying to avoid a fine and probably just doesn't want to lose his gaming license just to not have that in the history books that he lost his license over this. The scandal will always be something in the history books in Las Vegas, but losing his license is kind of on top of that. That's something that makes the whole thing look even worse. So he's trying to fight that. Now, do I think it's going to be successful? No. Now, I don't know if he will lose his license, and I don't know if he will have to pay a fine, but I don't believe that this line of reasoning holds any water. And that is because he currently holds a license. 
That's number one. And number two, this is about things that he is alleged to have done while he was a license holder. So even if even if he were to give up his license, that doesn't mean that he's not responsible for things he did while he was a license holder. Where he would have a point is if he no longer had a license and the gaming the gaming board was still coming after him for things he was doing in his personal life. So let's say let's say he gave up his gaming license, he took a job somewhere else, totally outside of gaming, and he sexually harassed again, and then gaming went after him again. He could say, "Well, look, this was after I had a gaming license. This is or after I didn't have one. After it was taken away, this had nothing to do with gaming. Uh, you have no jurisdiction here." That would be a good point, but for him to say, "Well, this was." I don't, I'm not in the gaming industry anymore, so you can't go after me for what happened in the past. When I did have a license, it doesn't make any sense to me. Either from moral standpoint or, or a legal standpoint. I just, I can't see either way why they shouldn't have a say in this. Fred Ruski. I'm back. Yeah, and they're t- they're trying to take away his license because uh, from the character standpoint, they they claim he's not a proper character to hold one. And I already had mixed feelings about that. Uh, I do believe he was guilty of what he was being accused, but I don't know if he should be losing his license over that. They're kind of two separate things. the The sexual harassment he was committing was more as just a boss towards employees. It really wasn't a, it wasn't really a gaming violation in my eyes. It may have occurred in a casino, but this wasn't really a a gaming violation or anything having to do with gaming. And I'm not it is under their umbrella, but I don't see why they should take away his license and he he wasn't convicted of any crime either. That's another big point here that has to be considered. If he were convicted of committing an actual crime while at the win while working there, then I could see them taking away his license. This was this was something reprehensible that he did, but it was not a crime. And he wasn't convicted of any crime, nor is there any attempt to arrest and convict him. So I don't even think I support the removal of his license, and I think it's a moot point anyway, because he's 77 years old, and he's not going to try to work anywhere else, nor will anywhere else hire him for any kind of meaningful position. Like if, if if he were to start to try to get a job elsewhere in Vegas, I could see them starting to take this action just to prevent it. But it doesn't seem like he's going to. And here's a guy who's 77. Most of his sight is gone. This is really someone I don't think is going to remain in the public eye or try to take another position anywhere else. So that's That's the current story with that, and we'll see where his response to this goes. I have a feeling it's going to be rejected. All right. Next topic, some sports betting news out of Las Vegas, but actually it affects more than Las Vegas. William Hill, which is a very large gaming company out of the UK, has a very, very big presence in Nevada and even elsewhere in the sports betting industry. What some people don't realize, if you bet sports in Nevada, you know for sure. But if you don't bet sports in Nevada, you may not know that William Hill has basically taken over a good portion of the live sports betting industry in Nevada. They now have 100, or actually in excess of 100, locations that you can bet in Nevada. And basically what William Hill has done is they have leased sports books 
they, they lease a sportsbook area in a casino, and they're basically running the, and managing the sportsbook. Casinos don't love sportsbooks because uh, there's a lot of variance to them. They uh, they run into problems where uh, players who you know, want to bet higher limits than the sportsbook wants to to offer. The sportsbooks can be a headache to these uh, casinos, especially because they don't bring in all that much money compared to the rest of the casino. But they're necessary to have there. A lot of people like sports betting. A lot of people want to bet on sports while they're in Vegas. And if the casino does not have a sports book, often they will go elsewhere where one exists. So having a sports book is important, but the sports book itself isn't something that casinos really enjoy running anymore. So what's been happening more and more is they just lease the space out to other companies that will run it. And the main one that's been doing this has been William Hill. And this way the casino makes a guaranteed income from the lease. And then William Hill, they can actually offer higher limits if they want because they see this as kind of a – they don't see each casino separately. They kind of see this whole thing as like uh, their entire sports betting operation. So they can – they have deep enough pockets to take these risks. Now you may say, well, so do casinos. So what about these huge casinos? How could they not want to take the risk of large bets? The reason is that the sports book had always operated as a separate entity almost at these casinos. The sports book was expected to turn its own profit. And if the sports book was losing, this would make the sports book director look bad. They might replace him. The sports book is pretty much expected to stand on its own two feet, almost like it's an independent business within the casino. And if it's losing money, then that's considered a problem. They don't just look at it like, well, okay, we lost, but the company's doing great overall, so who cares? It, it really – then that's why they didn't want to take a lot of risk. There's a lot of variance in sports betting. If some whale comes in and wants to bet huge on a game, a lot of sports books did not want to take that chance unless it was someone they knew was going to reliably come in and fire money consistently over a long period of time where eventually they're going to beat him. But I don't know if anybody here has ever tried to place large sports bets – but if you have, you've probably run into the situation where you go into what you think is a big casino sports book. You say, hey, you know, I want to place $3,000 in such and such game. They say, sorry, your limit is 1000 and you can't believe it. And they will do that to people who are not known. They also have fears of these sports books that sharp sports bettors are sending in runners to skirt the limits. That's why they also don't like letting unknown people bet a lot of money. Because this does happen. I know people personally who have been runners for sports betting operations in Vegas, where there's only so much can be placed on a certain game, and they actually will send in multiple people to place these bets. These people are all working for the one who actually is bankrolling the entire thing. They're really just getting paid a flat rate to bet that person's money. And then if they win, they collect and give it back to the person who funded in the first place. So they're paranoid about all this stuff in sports books. It's just a hassle that most casinos don't want. And that's William Hill has been taking that hassle off their hands and been giving them a, a predictable income stream. So William Hill is all over the place now. There are many, many William Hill sports books. We've talked about them before on this show. But there was another company that was getting involved in this, and that was Cantor Gaming. Cantor Gaming was a subsidiary of Cantor Fitzgerald, which is known 
among other things, of being one of the companies that was really, really hard hit, I think the hardest hit in the Twin Towers in September 11, 2001, in those attacks, they lost, I think, like 80 employees there. They were they were in one of the towers, and I think I think their office was above where one of the plane hits, where the, just everyone was just, just stuck and couldn't get away. So it's very sad. But that's one thing they're known for. But they're, they're a large company. They've been around for a long time. Cantor Gaming is their gaming business. And then spun off from Cantor Gaming was CG Technology. And CG Technologies is what has been acquired by William Hill. So William Hill has swallowed that up. And there's a reason for this. Well, a few reasons for this. First of all, the Cantor Gaming attempt to get involved in the sportsbook industry has been very flawed. There's been a lot of issues. And I think they're tired of it and they're done with it and they're happy to let William Hill take over. So Cantor Gaming, they had sportsbooks uh, in Vegas at Win Encore, Westgate, former Las Vegas Hilton, Treasure Island, South Point, or sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, re- I'm reading the wrong thing here. Sorry about that, wrong list. They had sports books at the Cosmopolitan, Venetian, Tropicana, Palms, and Silverton. These were their locations in Las Vegas. And William Hill bought them. They now took over all the sports book assets from CJ Technology, so now these will become William Hill locations. In addition to the over 100 sports books that William Hill operates in Nevada. William Hill also owns at least one sports book in every state where sports betting is legal. So every time a new state comes online, uh, William Hill finds a way to nose itself in there. There are not many independent sports books left in Las Vegas. Now, when I say independent, I don't just mean ones that aren't owned by William Hill. I mean ones that are not part of some network of properties. Like right now, Caesars is operating its own sports books, but once this merger with El Dorado goes through, then William Hill is going to take over. Because right now, El Dorado has an agreement with William Hill. So soon, the Caesars properties will likely, not 100%, but pretty likely they're going to become William Hill books as well. But that'll be sometime next year. But when I say independent locations, I'm talking about uh, ones that are just standalone sports books that are not associated with any other casino. So initially I had a list of only five independent sports books that are left in Las Vegas. Win Encore, Westgate, a.k.a. the Las Vegas Hilton, which is actually a pretty influential book. It's been around for a long time. It was called the Super Book because of how large it was and it's Huge screens people could watch. It was very innovative in the early 80s. Treasure Island, South Point, and Golden Nugget. Those were the five I initially found as the only independent sports books left in Las Vegas. But uh, someone told me, and I didn't verify this yet, but someone told me that also the D and the Golden Gate stopped being part of William Hill earlier this year. So they're also independent. So now there's uh, seven of them. But there's at least five left. But most of these aren't on the Strip. The only two that are on the Strip that are independent are the Wynn and Treasure Island. So, so much for the independent sports book. You may say, well, who cares? Why does it matter if the sports books are independent? Why does it matter if William Hill runs them? 
Well, the the problem can be that you're going to have a very hard time shopping for lines on the bets you want to make because if they're all networked together, they're all going to have the same lines. The only way you'll get variance in lines is if they're operated by different entities. So the fewer different entities there are that are running sportsbooks, which there just aren't many in Vegas now, the fewer lines you're going to have to choose from. And often the lines are the same anyway. Like, let's say you want to bet an NFL game, maybe the line is minus 7. You may find minus 7 in every book. But if you're looking for a a minus 6.5, it's going to be a lot harder to find that if there's very few different books operationally. If, If a lot of the books are networked together, you're not going to be able to find that many lines that vary from one another. And that's bad for the player. Because you can go to the one with the best line. So the fewer lines that are available to you, the less choice you have in lines, and you'll get a worse line. It used to be, a long time ago, that they banned cell phone usage. Actually, not even that long ago. They banned cell phone usage in sports books because they didn't want people communicating what the lines were at the various books. Now, this really wasn't that effective because all you had to do is then walk over to a payphone and call someone on their cell phone, and then they can take the call outside the sports book. And or forget a payphone; they could just use their cell phone right outside the sports book and do it. So it's a, it's it's not it wasn't very effective. I but whatever. They were trying to make it as hard on those as possible who were trying to shop lines. But nowadays, a lot of this stuff is tracked online anyway, so it doesn't really help very much. I don't know if they even have the cell phone rule in place. But anyway, this takes away the choice to a large degree when you have all these network books, and this takes it away further. However, CG Technologies had a rough time of things in Vegas, as I mentioned earlier. They were disciplined by the Nevada Gaming Control Board three different times in their short time of operation. And as recently as 2018, they were threatened with a license revocation. Across those three instances, which are all fairly recent, they have paid... $10 $10 million in total fines. So here in a short time, they had three different incidents causing $10 million worth of fines and almost lost their license. So I think Cantor Gaming was just saying enough. This is just... <laughs> this is more than we want to deal with. Obviously, we're having a hard time running these sports books uh, without causing a lot of hassle for the company and embarrassment. So they sold all the assets to William Hill, and now they run a lot in Nevada when it comes to sports books. Consolidation seems to be the name of the game these days when it comes to uh, sports books. On the Vegas Casino Talk site, I brought this up, this whole situation, and there's some discussion amongst the people there, some of whom were longtime sports bettors. Someone wrote, sports books 40 years ago or more had a much wider variety of numbers, meaning lines. You could walk up and down Fremont Street on a Monday or Tuesday and fire middles and move numbers even if you were a 1-2K to 2K player. I'll explain what that means in a second. Middles are where you can get two lines that are so far apart that if you get lucky and the game lands on a certain number, you could win both bets, even, even though you oppose the bets. So, for example, let's say there's an NFL game and you found one line as minus 5, and one line as plus 7. Well, if you bet them both on opposite sides, 
one one book, one at the other, then if the game finishes as a six point difference, if the favorite wins by six, you'd win the uh, you would win them both. That's called a middle. So this guy is saying here that uh, forty years ago, that you could go down Fremont Street, you could find plenty of middles to do, and that if you bet as much as like one k, which isn't that much, that they would often change the line and move the number for the next better. And he said the sports backs, the sport books back then were not as connected in real in real time with everyone else's numbers were, and. At one time, legally constrained to not move the numbers for no reason. They had to actually get money on a side to move the number. And the books themselves preferred it that way rather than simply moving numbers because everyone else was moving them or because a few places were getting whacked on one side. So what he's referring to then, again, we're talking about a long time ago. A lot of times, sports books move numbers together. So if they see one book starting to move a line, they'll move it too, even if there hasn't been much betting on either side or even if the betting's been about equal. Sometimes the sports books will do this when they have a feeling themselves of the way the, way the game's going to go. And if they're trying to kind of push action to one side, they'll move the line to make it worse for the better side. But then when one sports book does this that's influential, then a bunch of them will do it together. So he's claiming that he believes at the time this wasn't even allowed legally to do, that they had to get a certain amount bet on a number before they could move it. I'm not sure if that's true, but he's... He's saying he believes that's true from back then. Now it's definitely not true. But anyway, that has happened. And sports betting has become uh, a little less varied around Nevada thanks to this sale. Next topic. This will be our bonus topic tonight. This is one that wasn't at first listed. But I wanted you guys to know about this. This isn't a huge story, but it's just something I want you guys to hear about. Chris Polker, not Chris Poker, but Chris Polker, is accused of serial low-level money trade scambling. Scambling. Scamming. Scambling is actually a good term. (laughs) Scambling. I want to start using that. Scamming to gamble. Scambling. Okay, so he is. He's accused of scambling. Various poker players across various Facebook poker groups are alleging that Chris Polker, who I hadn't heard of prior to this, ran low-level scams where basically he'd ask for a money trade, such as uh, America's card room money for PayPal, and then not sending on his end. Now, this isn't unusual. We've talked about this happening before we've talked about it this year involving other people, usually the scam goes as follows. Hey, uh, who wants to buy America's card room money? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, well, send me money on PayPal right now. Okay, I sent it. Okay, let me check. Yeah, I see it. And then just disappear. Just don't ever send them the America's card room money. In fact, you never even had America's card room money. You just made it up. We had two different guys do this to Kevin Roster, a.k.a. Kevin Racks, who was the guy dying of cancer that is now no longer with us. They scammed a cancer patient. Two separate guys individually. One of them, Brian Wojtek, is a career scammer who's been doing this for a long time. Well, this guy, Chris Polker, wasn't part of that. But listen to this. 
This is from Drew Stegmeier on a forum or, or on a Facebook group called Poker Staking Forum. But it's not a real forum. It's a Facebook group. Attention. Chris Polker, the thief, is admitting to stealing now, says he's teaching us all lessons. Screenshots to follow. So here's a discussion between the two of them. You're a, cow- you're a coward thief. Bad shit will come your way. This is being said to Chris Polker. So he writes back. This is what Chris Polker writes back. I've been burnt for 200, you crybaby. So Chris Polker's trying to say, well, look, I've, I've been cheated before for $200. So you, I cheated you for less than that. So what are you crying about? So then the first guy says, you deserve it. So then Chris says, get used to it. Learn a lesson like I did. So the first guy says, are you actually defending being a thief? LMAO. And Chris says back, never trust another poker player. What a piece of crap. And here's how he gets people to do it. Uh, he asks for a, an America's card room trade. And uh, he'll say, uh, you can send cash app. I'm sending 65. So basically what he was promising is he's going to send 65 on America's card room for 60 on cash app. So the victim says, okay. Then he says the username uh, D1 Wilkin, Wilkins. He says, yes. And he says, okay, he says 65 for 60, right? Yes. So this guy sends him the uh, 60 on cash app. He's expecting the 65 back on America's card room. And then no response. And he says, still haven't received it. Did you send it? Hello? Did you send it? I never received the 65. And then he finds himself blocked. <laughs> so th- this is what he does to everybody. He just, once you send it to him and he confirms he's received it, then he just stops answering you. Or he says he sent it and he actually didn't. And then if you keep messaging him, he just blocks you. Here was something he posted on Real Grinders, where he used to be a member. He got kicked out, but... Uh, I actually captured this myself. Chris Polker wrote, teach valuable lessons in life, which is trying to say, I'm teaching you a valuable lesson. So a guy writes back, by ripping people off, is this your actual defense? And someone else says, you know, there's a page to post this on and they'll get the money back for you. He's referring to there. There's some Facebook page out there where, where people will like harass other people who have been scammers and to try to get them to send the money they owe. I don't know specifically about that page, but that's what this guy's referring to. And then Chris Polker says back, where I have been burned for 200. And the person says back to him, don't worry about it. So you burn for 200, LOL, just watch. So the names to watch out for, on America's Card Room, he's Boston Poker. On Cash App, he's dollar sign Texans 2020, Texans 2020. And uh, actually, I think the D1 Wilkins was the victim here. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, D1 Wilkins was actually the victim. He wasn't the perpetrator. Sorry about that, D1 Wilkins. But <laughs> yeah, the, the known screen names are Boston Poker on ACR and uh, Dollar Sign Texans 2020 on Cash App. Do not deal with either of those names 
whether he says he's Chris Polker or not, because he is not only a serial scammer, but he does it and then mocks you that you should be learning your lesson. That he's, he's doing you a favor by teaching you a lesson, that you can't trust other poker players. But he's been burned before, too, and now he's, he's, he's paying it forward. He's making sure that everybody gets burned as much as he does, so he can teach the world that you can't trust poker players. He got burned, and now he cannot. he's burning others. I don't even necessarily believe he really got burned. Or if he did, I think maybe that just gave him an idea. I could see like where, where maybe someone did rip him off of $200 in a money trade. And he's like, oh, I, I didn't even think he could do that. Well, okay, I have a new way to make money. Now, something that's been pointed out is that he has a job. At least so he says on his Facebook. Because I went to his Facebook. And it says that he works at Whole Foods Market in Linfield, Massachusetts. Now, if I were one of the victims, I'm not going to get involved in this beyond exposing him because uh, I wasn't scammed, nor was anyone scammed who I really know. So I'm, I, I can't be the the Superman of the poker world and you know getting too deeply involved in things like this. But if I were a victim of this, or someone close to me was a victim of this, and the vic- and the perpetrator worked at Whole Foods Market, and I knew exactly where he worked, I would call up. And I would tell them that he is a scammer. And this is what he does with his spare time. And that a lot of people are going to start coming in and causing trouble and calling there and causing trouble. And I would send them the screenshots. And I bet they'd fire him. Because they don't want that. Like, yes, it's not technically their problem. And yes, the boss could tell you, I don't care, go away. Or I'll take it under advisement and then not do anything. He couldn't control it. But this is a big company. And they, they really don't want this. If someone's scamming on the side who works at Whole Foods and people are calling in, giving them a hard time about it, they, they'd fire him. So that's a big mistake for him to post where he works. But a lot of these scammers aren't very smart. And who knows, he may not have that job anymore. It may just be what's on his Facebook. But if he does work there, I would suggest calling up uh, Whole Foods Market in Linfield, Massachusetts, if you are one of the victims or you know one of the victims, and asking to speak to Chris Polker's boss and tell them truthfully and honestly what's going on. And he may not have his job anymore. And definitely he would deserve to lose his job in this case. Anyone who unapologetically scams and then mocks their victims. And he, he, he was calling them names, and uh, I don't have all the screenshots here. I just read you the ones that I had. But he was very nasty about it. He wasn't even like, look, I, I have a gambling problem. I'm sorry. I did it. I'm not proud of it, but whatever, it's done. Like, it wasn't even like that. It was like, well, hope you learned your lesson. I just taught you a lesson in life. You can't trust other people. <laughs> what a freaking dick. That guy, what a tremendous dick to act that way. Most scammers at least have the decency to disappear and just not respond to you. This guy actually responds by taunting you that he did you a favor by teaching you a lesson. Unbelievable. This is Chris Polker, P-O-L-K-E-R, in Massachusetts. Supposedly works at the Linfield, Massachusetts Whole Foods Market. And I saw the posts he made on Real Grinders, so there's no way these are fake screenshots, because I I took one of them myself. I, I can't say 100% that these screenshots that others took are real, but I'd be very surprised if they weren't, because they correspond with the ones I saw myself and screenshot. This guy is a real piece of work. The problem is, there are some of these players 
who just don't have a bankroll, don't have the responsibility to build a bankroll, and in some cases don't even have the skill to build a bankroll, and they still can't let go of the dream of being a pro poker player. They want to hit that big tournament score. They want to rise up and play the big cash games. They want to make millions playing poker. But they just can't seem to get enough of a bankroll together to be able to do it. They keep busting, 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 and their their option is to work and earn the money and whatever they have left over from their bills to try to run it up from that or to scam and have an instant bankroll. So unfortunately, a lot of the people will scam. I wouldn't say the majority would, but there's enough of them out there to where this is not uncommon. So you can't have sympathy for these people, though. They're cheating other people. They're stealing from other people. And they should be exposed. And whatever consequences come with what they've done should happen to them. If I got scammed, I would have no qualms with with ruining someone's job over it. No qualms at all. As long as I was 100% sure they really scammed me. If I then I yes, if if they refused to help, I would call their boss and tell them. If they got fired, good, I'd be happy. They deserve it. It's just uh, what really stuck me here. I think I probably would not even have mentioned this on the show. I might have anyway, just to warn anyone who might run into this guy. But what really, really got to me was his attitude about this. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe some of the things he wrote. Get used to it. Learn a lesson like I did. Never trust another poker player. LOL. What a freaking asshole to do that after you've scammed someone. And he keeps going, well, someone got me for 200. Okay, how's that How's that ever justification? How is it ever even slightly justification? If anything, you should not want to scam after that happened. You should say, oh, wow, I felt the pain of being scammed. I'd never want to do that to anybody. It was like, I remember when I spoke to someone who, uh, I spoke to a woman who treated her boyfriend very badly. And I, this is many years ago. But I asked her why she was so abusive. This wasn't my girlfriend, by the way. This was someone I knew. And she told me that boyfriend she had prior to this guy mistreated her and treated her really badly. So that's why she does it. And I said, that doesn't make any sense to me. You're not saying the guy you're with now treats you badly, right? Yeah, right. Okay. You should be happy you have someone who treats you well now. It doesn't mean you should now, uh, you should not be the abuser. You shouldn't be relishing to finally have the opportunity that you are the abuser now. It should be that since you've experienced the abuse that you should not want to be abusive. But unfortunately, sometimes the, just the cycle continues. Something I wouldn't understand, but sometimes the cycle continues. And that's... Uh, but I don't even think necessarily this is what happened here. I think he either didn't really get cheated out of 200 and it's just something he says, or he did, it gave him an idea to commit these crimes rather than feeling like everyone has to learn the lesson. I I don't think he really believes deep down he's doing anyone a favor. Here's a little twist. I got a message from a text message here. Pretty sure the Chris Polker account is a fake account. Someone in another group I'm in stated the man in the photo is an East Coast regular whose name is not Chris Polker. I could be wrong, though. Hmm. That might be that might explain why Chris Polker is being so brash and nasty after scamming people. Maybe that isn't his real name. In fact, I wonder if this is Brian Wojtek. Brian Wojtek has been committing very similar scams. And he has been scamming again recently. I heard he committed a, a global poker scam 
for $35 recently. And he was doing it with the same America's Card Room thing. I remember when I heard this, I go, are you sure? I remember thinking, could this possibly be Brian Wojtek? But it just seemed like Chris Polker was, yeah, he had his own Facebook page. It seemed like it was established enough. He was part of Real Grinders. Like, I hadn't seen Brian Wojtek establish one of the fake accounts to that extent. So I kind of dismissed it in my mind. But I, I wonder if this is actually Brian Wojtek again. Let's see if Chris Polker exists at all. Um, Googling him, we're not seeing much. So I'm going to have to look. Let me look at a database here. See if I can come up with Chris Polker in Massachusetts, if he even exists. Now, it's possible there is a guy named Chris Polker that has nothing to do with this. But I want to see if there even is one in Massachusetts. And yeah, okay. This is interesting. I don't think Chris Polker's real. I think that message I got is onto something. I think that person's onto something. Searching for Chris Polker in Massachusetts, I got nothing. And searching for Chris Polker in the U.S., I only got a Christine Polker in Georgia, who's clearly not him. So there is no Chris Polker. He doesn't exist. Well, that is, I would say, sort of unexpected. That was my initial suspicion, and then I talked myself out of it. So Chris Polker is not a real person, and someone has been scamming under that name. And I strongly suspect it is Brian Wojtek, because I see some of the same MO. The Cash App, he likes to use Cash App to scam people. The ACR for less than $100 trade where he just doesn't send. When I read that, I'm like, hmm, that really is very, very Brian Wojtek-like. And then Chris Polker's not real. And and I also heard that Brian Wojtek is very obnoxious afterwards, but not in public like this. Usually not, not like in open Facebook groups, but like he is obnoxious. Not saying he's going to teach you a lesson, but he's uh, he's laughed at his victims before. I can't believe the same guy wanted me to stake him 10 years ago. Brian Wojtek used to talk to me occasionally. He one time asked me to stake him. In fact, I think that was our last conversation ever when he asked for me to stake him, and I said no, and then he just went away. I like how he pre-blocked me before scamming people recently. Like when he ran a bunch of scams at once on Twitter, he actually blocked me and the Poker Fraud Alert accounts before scamming, which I thought was funny. Like he, And this is before I had mentioned his name, like ever, before I got involved in anything that he did. Like he, for some reason, like he knew I was going to be on this, so he, he blocked me so I wouldn't see as easily that he was scamming. It's actually kind of flattering that I'm getting pre-blocked before people get before people perpetrate scams. Wow, that's a big, that's a big compliment. Jeff. It, it is, it is. Saying so, you know, I'm going to I'm going to scam someone right now, but I have to block Dandra first, even though he's he's not focused on me, never talks about me. I'm going to block him first before I scam. That can only say good things about me. Ah, I bet this is Brian Foytek. Well, I'm going to start I'm going to start attacking it from this angle. Uh, anyone who knows. Some of these Facebook groups where this is going on, uh, send me all of them that you know. I will join them, and I'm going to float out there my Brian Wojtek theory. Maybe we can finally put the hammer down on this guy, especially if he's doing it over and over and over again. I, I got a contact from the FBI who told me to get a hold of them if things like this occur, and I might actually do it. This, but it's such small amounts, Draft. Are they going to give a shit? Well, that's I the mean... question. That's the question. So if it was like one or two of these, absolutely not. But since he's been doing this to so many people in a short time, they might actually take an interest. That's 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 that could be what 
That that's like I'm debating whether to do it or not. It's small amounts of money, but it's like a lot of times there's a lot of these adding up and he's serially doing this. That's what they may take an interest in. They they wouldn't take an interest in one or two of them. I'll have to see. I'll, I'll have to consider it. But he's definitely very 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 prolific this Voitech guy. And I bet he's the one behind this. It's just too similar. If he's not then he should become this guy's best friend because they they have a lot in common. Wow. All right. Well, sorry, fake Chris Polker. I guess you didn't do it. Actually, no, he did do it. Fake Chris Polker did it. Real Chris Polker, since he didn't exist, didn't do it. So if, if someone is born named Chris Polker or if someone is named Chris Polker that just isn't showing up in my databases uh, as existing, I'm sorry. <laughs> but everything made it look like it was him because it was like it had a social media account. I had a picture and uh, I'm going to have to edit my Poker Fraudler post, too, and take out the picture of that poor guy from the East Coast who's probably just had his pick stolen to, to be Chris Polker. Sad. You know, I'm, I'm going to try to reverse search it right now. I'm going to go reverse search the supposed Chris Polker picture and see if we can pick up who that is. Now, reverse here's, – here's a tip for you, by the way, regarding reverse search. A lot of people think that if you reverse search a picture, that if it doesn't come up, that that means that the picture is real. For example, if you are talking to a girl online and you suspect that maybe her pictures are fake, she's too good to be true. She's just really, really hot, really interested in you, uh, just wants to meet and have sex with you, no questions asked, and uh, you have a feeling someone's messing with you. But you reverse search the pic and it doesn't come up with anything. You think, okay, well, it's got to be a real pic. Not necessarily. It just means it's something Google can't find. It could be on private social media or one of many other sources. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, it looks like uh, Chris Wojtek is actually uh, – it was a stolen picture of David Prosiak. <laughs> Sorry, David. I will remove that picture as soon as the show's over. Huh. Okay, next topic. Two people were shot outside of a Florida poker room. Actually, since it was two people. There we go. This is not the same story as the one we did last week where people were – or someone was murdered after winning in a private game, heads up. This occurred outside of a poker room. This occurred at a uh, Florida poker room. In fact, uh, one of our listeners, MDJ1980, plays there sometimes. This is called Derby Lane in St. Petersburg. This article says the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office is investigating a shooting that left two people injured, at least nobody died, at the Derby Lane racetrack in St. Petersburg. Deputies responded to the site on Gandhi Boulevard around 2 a.m. Wednesday. They say one male victim was found at Derby Lane and taken to Bayfront Hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. They say another male victim drove to a nearby Applebee's restaurant on Park Boulevard in Pinellas Park. He was also taken to Bayfront Hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. <laughs> I'm only laughing because of the Applebee's. Like, when you got shot, when you got shot, do you go to Applebee's? If you if you can get in your car and drive, like if you're shot right in front of an Applebee's, yes, you stumble into it. You, you call, you tell them to call nine one one. If you are able to drive, wouldn't you think Applebee's wouldn't be the destination? But somehow, uh, he wanted to eat good in the neighborhood before being taken to the hospital. It says there's currently no suspect in custody. Anyone with information is urged to contact the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office. Hmm. MDJ1980 said, this hits close to home. I've played there in the past couple of months and work about a five-minute drive away. 
Not many details were provided. I don't know if this is a result of an argument. Someone posted about it on Twitter saying that she was there, said the shooting happened by the entrance to the poker room, but there's no word of any motive. I always wonder why this thing, this sort of thing doesn't happen more often around poker rooms, given the type of people that are in there and the general lack of security. Yeah, I've wondered that too. I hate to give uh, would-be criminals an idea, but there are a lot of poker players walking out with a lot of money and not very much security. And it's a hell of a lot more lucrative gig to rob poker players on their way out than to rob liquor stores or other businesses like that. I actually make sure to leave my money in safe deposit boxes as much as I can, provided I have one at the place before leaving. And if I don't have one, then I'm uh, careful on my way out that nobody is following me or watching me. And if I think someone might be, then I do not go out and I uh, lose them first before going out or don't go out at all. Or I, I usually don't have to have that happening. Usually I just am careful and nobody is following me and I leave. Uh, the places I play often, I have a box there and leave all my money there so anyone who tries to rob me will get the bad news that I've got like 40 bucks on me. But this is uh, is surprising it doesn't happen more often because a lot of people will just cash out from a high limit table and just stroll on out. <laughs> Be sitting ducks if somebody wants to mug them. Sandwich posted on this forum saying, I played there a couple months ago, and while the games were great, I thought the lack of, vis- vis- uh, the lack of visible security by the entrance and parking lot was a little bit unsettling. When there's no security, people take notice. And people who weren't even planning to commit crimes there get the idea, hmm, well, looks like there's no security here. It looks like I can commit some crimes. So it very well could have been a robbery, especially if it's right by the entrance of the poker room. Always watch out, especially if you're cashing out uh, substantial money. Always look behind you. Always make sure nobody's following you. Always look around in all places someone could be hiding to pop out at you. And if you see anything suspicious, do not go outside. If you see something really suspicious, ask for someone to escort you or call the police. Don't walk out looking at your phone or just not paying attention, keeping your head down. You you really have to be looking everywhere as you're walking. That's disturbing that happened. At least nobody is going to die from it. But I, I have to think that it was because the lack of security there was noticed. Okay, here's a topic that was brought up to me by my dad who listens to this show doesn't listen to every single episode, but he does listen a lot, or he will start listening and then turn it off after a few hours. I think he listened to the last one almost in full. He actually emailed me this topic, and I said, yeah, it is a good topic. See, he's, he's getting a feel for the show here. He's giving me topics to talk about. It has to do with Resorts World and a delay. Here's what's going on with them. Resorts World, which was planning to open in 2021 has decided that they are going to delay their opening for several more months. So Resorts World is going to delay their opening. It costs $4.3 billion to build this thing. It had previously had its estimate at $4 billion, but they've added another $0.3 billion, which is a lot. That's $300 million. 
because they're going to be doing more than they initially had planned, which is now going to delay it for a few more months. This is going to be a very large property. It's going to be a very big deal. It is owned by the Genting Group, which is based in Malaysia. They own a lot of things in a lot of different industries. They even own cruise ships. And they announced that they have upgraded plans, increased capacity, expanded their budget, and they even want to have music residencies occurring there once they open in 2021. They had made a shift in management in May of 2019. Scott Sibella, who was once with MGM, was named president. And he actually was fired from MGM or laid off when they were cutting costs. So then he became the president of Resorts World. And he met with Genting executives in Malaysia, and they agreed to the the plans that are a more ambitious undertaking for this property that's going to open in 2021. So they had initially planned to make the Resorts World an Asian-themed property, but they decided they don't want to do that. They decided that they want to kind of have an Asian theme, but not have it really, really in your face. They don't want to make it look like it's a property just for Asians. So they've changed it from an Asian theme to a luxury experience with Asian-inspired touches. At one point, a few years ago, they actually were thinking that they were going to have themes with uh, panda enclosures and a smaller-scale Great Wall of China. (laughs) But they decided to do away with that. (laughs) They're going to have a 5,000-seat theater to host A-list performance residencies and corporate events. So they're hoping to attract major stars to live there at Resorts World and do shows for months at a time. That was not initially in the plans. And being concerned that perhaps they're going to get too old of an audience coming there, or I should say older clientele, not audience, but concerned that there's going to be older clientele, they're going to have a 75,000 square foot nightclub and day club, hoping that the younger people will show up. If it does end up costing $4.3 billion or more, it will be the most expensive resort ever built. The previous most expensive resort was $4.18 billion spent on the Cosmo. And the Wynn was the third most expensive at $3.26 billion. The Bellagio is $2.3 billion. But I wonder if you factor in inflation, which would be the most expensive. Like the Wynn, I think, opened in 05, and Bellagio, I think, opened in 96. So if you adjust for inflation, the Wynn wouldn't be more expensive. What if, what if you – the Bellagio at $2.3 billion since 96? I don't know. No, it still would be less. Close, but it would be less. $4.2 billion was spent on the Wynn Palace in Macau, and the most expensive – casino hotel ever built was the Marina Bay Sands in Singapore. So 
the I'm not sure actually I'm not even sure if the Marina Bay Sands is a casino. I know it's a property that uh is in Singapore, but it, it may not even be a casino. I wasn't aware there was gambling in Singapore. Maybe there is. The, it's going to be a two-tower resort. And when you combine them together, it'll be 3,500 rooms. Originally, 3,400 were planned, so now it's going to be 3,500. Originally, the property was going to open around January 2021. Now it is going to open in the summer of 2021. So we're looking like more than a few months is actually looking like about half a, half a year delay. And they're also going to have a 50-foot diameter video globe, which will have more than 6,000 square feet of LED content at the property. That should be interesting looking. There will be seven different pools, one being an 1,800-square-foot infinity pool with views of the Strip, and the entire pool complex with seven pools will be 220,000 square feet. They're going to have convention space, which they're calling a meeting and banquet space of 350,000 square feet, a 27,000 square foot spa, and the casino will be 110,000 square feet. They will have a poker room there. And then they will have a 14,000 square foot sports book. Right now they have not revealed what they're going to be doing with the food over there. But uh, they're claiming that there will be a wide range from authentic street food to Michelin star dining. Trader Risky just said, I can't keep my eyes open, Druff, siding off, sorry. <laughs> okay. Trader Risky fell apart early tonight. If as a kid in the past you used to picture cities with super tall buildings with giant video screens on the side, that's a, don't you see that a lot in fu- depictions of the future, either artist depictions or depictions in movies? It's always like a giant screen on the side of a video. All right, side of a side of a building. Well, while that already exists in Vegas, this is going to be continued at Resorts World. In fact, it will be the largest or one of the largest displays on the side of a building in the world. The West Tower will have a hundred thousand square foot display, a hundred thousand square foot screen on the side of the building. And on the other building, the East Tower, they're going to have another 19,000-square-foot screen. And they also announced that uh, they're not going to be using with the, the entire portion of the site that they own. So they have 88 acres, but they're not going to use all 88 acres. And they're doing this so they can expand in the future if they feel that is warranted. Sounds like it should be an interesting place. It's going to be a high-end place. It's going to be state-of-the-art. They're they're really trying to make it the place to go in Vegas, the premier place to go in Vegas. And it might work. It's been a while since anything new was built in Vegas that was major, if you think about it. You had the city center area with Aria and the Cosmo, but now it's been a while since those went up, and we haven't seen any major new properties come up in Vegas. So this could be the 
2020s looking place. Well, everything else will kind of look stuck in the past. And more importantly, it might really change the makeup of the strip because the North Strip has been forgotten about. The North Strip is a has-been. Once you get north of the wind, there's really nothing worth going to. But now this is going to be north of the wind. And it's thought that this may totally revitalize the north end of the strip, that maybe in the future the north end of the strip will be the place to be instead of center strip like is right now. Or maybe they'll both be a place to be. The Genting Group has super deep pockets, so if they think this project is going well or has potential, they'll sink more money into it. This is a company which doesn't have to worry about being strapped for cash. So we shall see. Remember, Circus Circus was acquired by Phil Ruffin. He's the owner of Treasure Island. And it's possible, since Circus Circus is in that same area, that they could wreck that and build some high-end resort there. Also, there's the Drew Las Vegas, which was planned to be the Fountain Blue before that project got abandoned during the financial crash. And that's going to open. So over in that area, you're going to have the Wynn, the Encore, Resorts World, the Drew, the New Sahara, and whatever they choose to do with Circus Circus. So maybe that area will become relevant again. It's going to become somewhat relevant, but maybe it's going to become really relevant. What people like in Vegas is to just leave their car somewhere or not have a car and just walk around. That's what people really like doing. People just like walking from one casino to the other. They, they, yeah, you can take Ubers or cabs, but people don't like it. They, they like being able to just walk around from casino to casino. And that's the benefit of being in Center Strip. On the lower end, that's the benefit to being downtown. And if you're by the wind, it, it's, it's kind of harder to do that. You're, you're not that close to anything. And there's definitely nothing to the north worth going to. So that's going to change. So that will be interesting to see, but we're going to have about a year and a half now until we see an opening, maybe even a little bit more, for Resorts World. And who knows, that could get it even delayed further. But those are the plans at the moment. And I would not have covered that this week if it were not for my dad bringing the article to my attention because I had not seen it. Somehow that one got by me. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. You can text me at any time, and I may read your text on the air. I got from the 702. The D Sports book is called Circa Sports. Circa is the new resort. Derek Stevens, the owner of the D, is building where the Las Vegas club was. It will be the best sports book ever created. Renderings are unbelievable what it's going to look like. Interesting. Um, from the 702 also, different 702. Uh, what happened? Radio dropped. All okay? Good luck. <laughs> From the 918, I was the one who called you during the agenda last week. I was driving, trying to load your call-to-listen line, and fat-fingered the wrong phone number. When you answered, I freaked out and just hung up without thinking about responding. Anyhow, my apologies, and maybe add some space or increase text size on that page. Very compact on a cell phone screen. All right, good point. This has happened uh, a number of times, actually, where people call the main phone number instead of the call-to-listen line. So when hazard of the call-to-listen line, people call the wrong number trying to listen. Okay, that's the text we've gotten so far. You can still text me. We've still got time. still got topics here. Let's see what else we got here. Um, we got five more topics. 
you know, it's funny. We're, we're just not spending a lot of time on any topic. So this actually probably will be a short show, even though we have like 13 topics, which is crazy. Because none of these remaining topics are long. But whatever. That's the way it goes sometimes. I, this one, I, I wasn't even worried about having as many topics as we do. I think we actually have like 14 topics or something. But it's fine because none of them are long. Usually we get like a few topics at the beginning and I rant on them for like an hour and a half each. And then we're like four hours in and I'll co- cover like three things. Not this week. All right. So let's say you are a Caesars diamond or seven stars card holder and you want to get free drinks. Some people just think, oh, well, I'll get free drinks. I'm, I'm a diamond member. I am entitled to free drinks everywhere. No, you're not. You find that out pretty quickly. If you want free drinks in Vegas, you have to play. You have to either play at the machines and wait for the cocktail waitresses to come around once every blue moon. They don't come to the machines very often. Or at the blackjack tables or other table games where they do come around more often and you'll get free drinks if you're playing. Or at bars, you used to be able to sit there and really, really slow play video poker at like a quarter per hand and hit the button once every five minutes, but they've gotten wise to that. Now there's various metrics they use to prevent you from doing that where you actually have to earn your free drinks in most places, so that kind of sucks. And if you sports bet, sometimes they'll give you some drink coupons to get free drinks at the place, but you're not going to be able to just walk in and just sit in a bar environment and just not gamble and get free drinks. You're just not going to be able to do that. But there is a way to do that in Vegas. I'm going to tell you how. It's only during certain hours and maybe hours that you really don't want to drink, but nevertheless, I will tell you about it. This is something that's not very well known, but is definitely true and is something that does not require any trickery or any kind of shenanigans. It's definitely not illegal. And I want you to know about it. You don't have to be a Vegas resident either. Just You have to be someone who has a diamond or seven stars card that is valid at a Caesars property. So until further notice, a diamond or seven stars card holder can show up at the patio bar at the Flamingo Las Vegas right there in Center Strip from 4 to 6 p.m. seven days a week and get unlimited free drinks. I guess you'd be expected to tip the waitress bring you the drinks, but or the bartender or whatever, but uh, aside from that, the, the drinks themselves are free. And you can have as many as you want, and all you have to do is show your diamond card coming in. Now, do you have to drink alone? No, you do not. If you are seven stars, you can bring as many as three guests. If you are a diamond member, you can bring one guest. They do not have any food there. That's the downside. No food you can buy or get for free. There's no food, period. But if you just want to drink, you can show up during this time, 4 to 6 p.m. at the patio bar, and I think they have like a guard at the door making sure that you have a valid card. And once you're in there, then you can just drink. Now, I know the Seven Stars lounges and the Diamond lounges are the same thing. You can get drinks at those two. But this is actually not a lounge. This is actually a bar at the Flamingo. I believe it's the only thing of its kind at Caesars Properties where just with a certain card you can just go to a certain bar and just get unlimited free drinks. So I just want to put that out there for those of you that like to drink. I am not a drinker, so I will not be utilizing this. 
but something to know if you have a diamond or you have a friend who's a diamond. You might have the question, what if I have an expired diamond card? Can I just try to flash it at them and hope they don't notice? Or maybe, what if I have a diamond card, but it's not mine? What if I got it from a friend? Can I get in that way? Well, I have not been there, but my guess is no. I'm guessing it probably is set up similar to the diamond lounges where they check ID and then swipe your card. And if your card comes up expired, then you won't get in and... If it's not your card, you won't get in. That is my guess. So, In case you're thinking of pulling that shenanigan, I wouldn't bother trying. Okay, now I have something else to tell you about. I have something to tell you regarding getting an upgrade to your Caesars tier status. But there's a few different restrictions, so it may not apply to you. First of all, if you don't live in Las Vegas, you can ignore the segment because it doesn't apply to you. Second, if you have a platinum card or higher at Caesars, this does not apply to you. So you can either fast forward this part. If you're listening live, you're stuck. Or you can listen anyway because you're bored. So here's what's going on. They have just announced that people who live in Las Vegas or the Las Vegas area, meaning Las Vegas... Henderson, North Las Vegas, Boulder City, any of those areas surrounding Vegas are fine too. That you can bring your ID to any Caesars property in Vegas, go to the Total Rewards Desk or the Caesars Rewards Desk, show them that ID, and that if you either have a gold card with them, which is the bottom tier, or no card with them, they will automatically give you a platinum card which will be good starting December 1st. You can already do it now. This started yesterday, but it will not be good until December 1st. From December 1st through January 31st, 2020, you will be platinum status, and on February 1st, 2020, you will reset back to whatever status you normally earned. So this is a way to give yourself a two-month upgrade to platinum, which you may say, who cares? Well, I'll tell you what you get for it. You get free parking at any Caesars property. It has a few other perks that don't really matter very much, but the free parking is the main thing you get with Platinum. You also can get Platinum for free for as long as you have the credit card. If you get the Caesars Rewards credit card, and there's no fee to that, so I would advise getting that if you want to be Platinum instead of bothering with this. But there is one other reason to bother with this if you are a Las Vegas local. And remember, you have to be existing gold status or have no card. If you're platinum or above, this doesn't apply to you. But you get a two times reward credit bonus for the entire two-month period. And that part's pretty good. So if you're going to play, there's only in Vegas properties, by the way. Don't, don't go to other markets. It won't help you. But the platinum will be good everywhere. Just the, the two times reward credits, I believe, is only in Vegas properties. But for those two months, from December 1st through January 31st, you will get two times reward credits for whatever you earn. At least whatever you earn gaming. So that's really the main reason to do that. If you really want the platinum, you should just get the damn credit card. But the two times reward credits is pretty good if you're going to be playing there anyway. If you're not really planning to play, then there's really no point to do this. But I, I wanted to let you guys know that this is an option but only to Las Vegas locals, and you have to have 
an address on your ID which would indicate you're a Vegas local. Meaning, again, an address in Vegas, Henderson, Boulder City, North Las Vegas, something like that. You can't just show up and say you're a Vegas local and not be. You have to have the ID to show it. So that's something I wanted to put out there, just in case you want to do it. Not the greatest deal, but wouldn't hurt if you have use for it. I see I Am Greek was in the chat. I want to know how his wife is. I hope she's okay. I Am Greek, if you're still listening, go back in the chat and uh, let us know. Well, Lake Tahoe has... There's two Lake Tahoe Caesars properties. There will be three when the merger occurs, though it's thought that one of them might be sold. But right now there's two. There's been two for a long time. Harris and Harvey's Lake Tahoe. And what was most notable about those properties from a total reward standpoint is the fact that they had the very best pay table video poker. They had a number of what was called full play, full pay video poker games, which they're not zero or better expectation, meaning you will lose money long term playing them. But they had pay tables where you were expected to get back 99.5% or so of whatever you bet on average. There's a lot of variance to it, but the the return of these machines exceeded 99.5% with perfect play. And they did not have any kind of rewards credit, uh, tier credit degradation to where you would earn one tier credit for every $10 wagered as normal. Usually on these good machines, they make it one every 25 or one every $50 wagered, which sucks. Here is one every $10. So if you were willing to make the drive or the flight to Lake Tahoe, then this was the best place to earn tier credits in the Western U.S. Way better than anywhere in Vegas. Way better than Laughlin. Way better than any other Caesars property. Way better than Harris Rincon. This has been the best option for a few years now, Lake Tahoe. Everywhere else doesn't compare as far as the quality of pay tables at video poker. I was wondering if eventually they were going to drop the hammer on this. Because pay tables have been degrading everywhere. And I'm thinking, well, why is Tahoe the exception? In fact, I wondered why they were as good as they were in Tahoe, because in Tahoe, it's, it's, you're somewhat of a captive audience. It's not that easy of a place to get to. Um, it's the closest other gambling is, is all the way down the hill in like Carson City, and those are tiny casinos, and those really aren't competition. The closest gambling in a bigger city is Reno, and that's still like a good hour away. You're all the way up a mountain. Uh, a lot of times people who are there are there because they're there to ski and they're tired from skiing all day and the last thing they ever want to do is drive somewhere else. So people just kind of gamble because it's there. And I would think that's kind of an odd place to offer good pay table video poker. Usually you offer that when you think you have to offer that or people won't play. So I was wondering why that was still there, and I think maybe they're realizing they don't want it to still be there. So it's been disappearing. They've been taking it away at the end of 2019, after years and years of being there. And it's been reported by multiple people that 
most of the good video poker has disappeared. Good meaning 9-6 jacks are better, which I'm talking about where the full house pays 9 and the flush pays 6. That has been disappearing everywhere. And there's a few machines reportedly still there that have it. But I wouldn't be surprised if those are already gone or will be gone soon. Especially if the few good machines get swamped and they realize that uh, they have to get rid of those too. So it uh, it claims on, on VP t- vpfree2.com, which is a site that tracks this stuff, that the only machines that remain that are full pay uh, video poker are the 50 play machines at the 25 cent, 50 cent dollar and $2.50 denomination. And by, by the way, this is bigger than you think because it's times 50. So like even the 25 cent machine plays pretty big. If you put it in the 25 cent mode and play 50 hands, that's actually a lot. Now you don't have to play 50 hands. You can play fewer than uh, 50 hands. In fact, here is a, uh, a little trick. If you hate getting those obnoxious uh, W2G forms whenever you hit something over $1,200, I mean, it's nice to hit something over 1200 but then the whole thing freezes up and you have to wait for them to hand pay you and the person hand paying you expects a tip and, you, and they report it to the IRS and who, who needs all this crap? So if you want to avoid this, and this part is legal, I'm not talking about something that would be illegal. This is something totally legal to do. Uh, at a 50-play machine, if you play 38 hands of it, I believe, I think 38 is the magic number, then if you get dealt four of a kind, you still will not get more than 1,200. You'll get very close to 1,200, but you won't get 1,200, and it won't trigger the hand pay. So 38 playing the 25-cent denomination is actually the smartest thing to do if you want to avoid that. Yeah, it's uh, I just ran through the calculator. It's eleven eighty-seven fifty. You would pay you, and this is totally legal. It's it's different than other requirements, reporting requirements, where that could be considered a crime. This is something where you're just choosing not to play something that's going to trigger that because it's a pain in the ass. So totally legal to keep it down to thirty-eight to avoid this. Now, if you get dealt a straight flush or a royal, then yes, it's going to trigger a hand pay, but that's very very unusual. Whereas being dealt quads is unusual, but not super unusual. That's, that's going to happen. Not every time you play, but it'll happen enough to where you'll get hand pays from this. So that's one way to avoid hand pays. But supposedly that's the only type of machine left that's decent at Harris. And none at Harvey's. So... I think there's four of these, four of these total. And then if you're a higher limit player, there's also a few uh, three to five play machines of $5, $10, $25 denominations. But because you're forced to play a minimum of three hands, that can get very expensive. So that plays a very, that plays pretty big. But they did remove all the other nine, six jacks or better machines from there. And they removed all the other good video poker from there. And maybe by the time you get there, everything will be gone. Maybe it's already gone. Uh, 
if any of you go to Tahoe, see if you can find it. When I'm there, which won't be too long from now, I will check and report back. But I think by the time I go, it'll be pretty clear whether it's there or not. But that's too bad. And it's, it, what really sucks about it is because that was the place to go if you wanted to earn tier credits in the cheapest way possible. And now you can't. So everything's been taken out of uh, Harvey's that's any good. And Harris looks like uh, everything's gone. Actually, I get supposedly triple-double bonus is still there at 50 play also. That one strategy you have to learn, because if you don't play the right strategy, you're killing the good pay table. And you can look that up. But the, the, what I don't like about things like double-double bonus and triple-double bonus is it's not really straightforward. It's, it's, it's not trivial to learn. Where jacks are better, it's pretty easy to learn. You can zip through it. Double-double bonus, you can make a lot of mistakes. And then you have to stop and look it up. It's a pain in the ass. So I really prefer jacks are better or bonus poker or deuces wild because all of those you can learn pretty fast and run through them fast. I find it stressful to play triple-double and double-double. I also feel those have more variants. I've never looked it up, but I think those have more variants too. But that really sucks. And in general, if you're a video poker player and you think pay tables don't matter, they do. They matter a lot. And a lot of people believe, no, 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 it matters how often I hit the big hands. It matters how often I hit the royals and hit the, the straight flushes and the, the four of a kinds and the four of a kinds of the good kicker in the double-double bonus games. That's what matters. Who cares about the pay tables or the flush of the full house? That's, that's minor. No, it, it isn't. It adds up. It adds up. And, and an easy way to think about this is let's look at the 9-6 jacks are better. If you're playing at 8-5 jacks are better instead, which is common, and you're playing, say, $5 a credit, $25 a hand, every time you hit a full house or a flush, it's like someone reaches into your pocket and rips $25 out of your pocket. That's what it's like. Because you should be getting $25 more if you're playing a $5 jacks are better machine per credit, which is $25 a hand. You're actually losing $25 each time one of those hits. So if you've hit five flushes and three full houses in your session, you've lost $200. They took $200 you should have has been ripped from your pocket. And that's, that's the way you should look at it. You shouldn't look at it like, oh, I'm only looking for the big hands or, or this is the casino where I get lucky. I don't care about the pay table. You should always care about the pay table. And you should learn the correct strategy. It's available on wizardofodds.com, wizardofodds.com, and I have links to it on Poker Fraud Alert. And you can bring that up and look it up while you're playing. So there's no excuse to not play correctly and to not play good pay tables. If you don't, it's going to catch up with you and beat you. So that's sad that that's probably gone or soon to be gone. The Encore Boston Harbor has two things that are gone, but this is actually a good thing. They've reversed course and decided that they made a mistake. (laughs) The Encore Boston Harbor, which is the only casino in the Boston area and is new, it opened in June of 2019, they saw themselves as a high-limit destination. And they pretty much said, screw everybody else who's not a high-limit player. We are not going to care if we lose that clientele, which can't afford to play high limits. So Encore Boston Harbor said, 
There's a lot of money sloshing around in Boston. So we don't need the low limit people. We are going to have $50 table game minimums. If you can't afford $50 a hand, then screw you. And it costs money to park here. And if you don't like that, screw you. And they had some criticism for that. A lot of people didn't like that, but that was the situation. Well, things have changed. The last thing we want to do is be a Vegas casino in Boston. We want to be a Boston casino in Boston, said Brian Gilbrands, the new president of Encore. We want to be Greater Boston's hometown casino, and we want everyone to come and feel welcome and like they can have a great time there, whether they are playing or not playing. So they said that they are going to have table games starting at $15 minimum instead of 50 and the parking fees, which were previously charged, are now gone for self-parking. Big change. And they also said that the shuttles that they had for uh, the shuttles to the place, you could either take a water shuttle there or a bus there, $7 a trip, they are still going to charge for that. The problem they were experiencing was that they were receiving criticism that the place was just too expensive for the casual gambler, that nobody wants to come there because it costs money to park and uh, the gambling is too high limit. So people who can't do that or don't want to do that, it's just not really, not really worth going there. Furthermore, people who wanted to eat at the restaurants there were unhappy by having to pay for parking. So Gilbrandt said, we thought we could charge for parking here in Boston. We were wrong. We now have made self-parking free for all guests 24-7. We thought we could charge for some of the transportation like boats and premium buses. We were wrong. Uh, but I thought they're still doing this. That doesn't make any sense. This, this article claimed that they are still going to charge for the bu- buses and water shuttles. I, I don't understand that. I don't know if that's going away or not. <laughs> that's, uh, the, they're also going to be rolling out a rewards program similar to what Total Rewards has with tiers. And that's going to come out in early 2020. And then they're going to be offering various rewards depending on how much you play there, as all the casinos do. They have done very well at the table games, despite the $50 minimum limits. But uh, the slot numbers have suffered. They were expecting the slots to do well. The slots in video poker have made up less than half of the gross gaming revenue in July, August, and September which are the only numbers they have right now. And that was surprising. Usually those make more money than the table games. And the fact that they were lagging behind the table games was bothering them. So they thought maybe this has to do with the parking situation and the fact that people who also like to play table games aren't coming down to also play the slots because the table games are too high. Uh, Actually, I guess they did uh, have October numbers too. In October... They earned $22.5 million in table games and $22.2 million in slots. So it's almost 50-50. But uh, that was also the lowest numbers they've had. It was higher in July, August, and September, the first full three months they were open. And they also have a new senior vice president of communication and public affairs. His name is... uh, uh, Eric Krauss. And then they also have appointed a new executive VP of operations, Jenny Holiday. So it looks like they are 
not only have some new people working at the top there, but they've decided they want to bring more of the average clientele in along with the high rollers, that just the high rollers aren't enough. I have a feeling the slots revenue that have been struggling is, is the big driver to this because that's uh, – if your casino is not doing well with the machines, if it's lagging behind the table games, you're doing something wrong. So it's probably between that and maybe the restaurants aren't performing as well as they hoped. So they want to get more of the average person down there, and that's how they've done it. It's interesting you said we thought we could charge for parking here in Boston because Boston is a, it's a very cramped place. So I think the belief was that people are used to paying for parking in Boston. You just pay to park a lot of places there, so why not at the casino too? And they discovered that people did not want to do that to gamble or to go to restaurants. So they have done away with that. I'm I'm curious. You know what's bothering me here is that I don't know if those buses and water shuttles cost. Uh, that contradiction is bothering me. Let me see. Let's see if I can figure this out. I'm clicking on it right now. Encore Premium Harbor Shuttle. Now getting here is almost as fun as being here. Our luxury motorboat yachts depart day and night from the World Trade Center and Seaport and Long Wharf in downtown Boston. Climb aboard, enjoy the ocean breezes, and be here before you know it. I see a picture of it. It's like a little boat that actually <laughs> brings you up to the Boston, uh, the Encore Boston. Operates 11.45 a.m. to 11.10 p.m. seven days a week. And that, that's one of them. The other one goes from 12 p.m. to 11.10 p.m. Yeah, it's, it still says $7. I don't know what this guy's talking about. We thought we could, uh, but we were wrong. We can't. Well, you're wrong again. You still are. <laughs> I mean, that's a weird thing to say, and it's still charge. Well, that makes more sense, though. At least that's paying for transportation. That's more normal. Though I, I think they should still do it for free. I think if people knew they could just get down there at any time for free and they don't have to drive or hassle with parking, I think they would bring more people there. If, if I were the CEO there, I would make it free. I don't think the loss of the $7 per person is going to break them. I think they'll get a lot more people coming. Now, maybe they don't have capacity, and they maybe it's, it's a way to – these things don't get too crowded. If that's the case, fine. But otherwise, I think the $7 is not wise. It reminds me a little bit of the water taxi in Laughlin, but at least that's between properties. That's not so much how to get to one property. It's just something you can do between properties. That does cost like, I think, four bucks, though some casinos will give you tickets for it for free. And that was kind of cool. I kind of like the water taxi. I think that's just because I, I don't live by any rivers. So whenever something involves like a, a river or something kind of river-like, where you can go get places on boats, it seems kind of cool. It, it does kind of seem cool that you you get on a boat to get to the casino. Though it, it would be kind of tilting, though, if you stay after eleven ten p.m. and then you can't leave. Then then what do you do? Swim? I guess you have to get like a taxi or an Uber home, and it costs a lot of money. So that's that's the downside to the harbor shuttle. I would probably only take that if I knew for sure I'm leaving by 11.10. So the change of the Encore Boston Harbor, they may not be aiming for the high-end customer anymore. or They may be aiming, but not exclusively for them anymore. 
Finally, and I, I feel bad with the show being this short. I feel bad. I, I, I tried to put together a long show of like 14 topics. It just didn't happen. Or 15, I think it's 15 topics. How could I have gone through 15 topics so fast? It is 15 topics. No, it was 14 topics. Okay, still. 14 topics in like three hours. I feel like I'm cheating you guys by making the show a little bit more than three hours. Like no other show is three hours. What other poker show is three hours? None. Like this is the only one. But I feel like I'm ripping you guys off by having a show that's three hours. I feel guilt. I'm going to feel guilty turning off the show after three something hours. It's, it's sad we've gotten to that point, but that's how I feel. But you know, that's, that's what I had to talk about this week. Just nothing, nothing was a long topic. We had a lot of short topics. So here is the last topic. And then that will be that. We will wait to next week, which by the way, I should announce now. Right now, as it stands, the show will be on Friday, despite the holiday. That's when I think it will be. Check twitter.com slash pokerfraudalert for more information. But right now, I think it'll be on Friday the 29th, the fifth show of November. That's what I think. But okay, here's the final topic, and unfortunately it's not the happy one. A two-time WSOP bracelet winner, something I hope will be able to be said about me one day soon. John Gale has passed away, something I hope won't be able to be said about me soon. He was from the UK, and he had a brain tumor. And his brain tumor was discovered in 2012. So this is this is not one of those healthy guys who just drops dead and you go, oh my God, I can't believe it. This was someone who's had a brain tumor for seven years. But uh, he did cash almost $4 million overall in live tournaments, and he won a bracelet in 2006 and again in 2015 while he was sick. He also won the 2005 PCA for $890,000. This is one of the older guys who still was a force at the table. Tony Kendall wrote on Twitter, saddened to hear from Harry Demetriou that John Gale passed away yesterday. He was just 65. Poker has just lost a lovely man, and he was an absolute credit to the game. Thoughts go to Shirley and his family, R.I.P. John. So he's he's been well-liked from what I've heard of him. I don't believe I've ever played with him before. In 2012, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor and went through several different treatments. And finally, he was told he should have brain surgery in 2015. Well, he had the surgery in 2015. It was successful. And he was told by his doctors that, yes, he's actually healthy enough to come to Las Vegas and play in the World Series of Poker. And lo and behold... He won the $1,000 No Limit Hold'em Turbo event. So of all things to win, the old guy here, who was uh, 61 years old at the time, won the Turbo event, which you'd think would be a, a young man's game. And that was his first World Series since 2011. He had missed the 12, 13, and 14 World Series due to his brain tumor. But after that brain surgery, he actually came back and won a bracelet. It's a very inspiring story. This was an interview he gave to Card Player uh, at the ceremony for the second bracelet that he won. I should have skipped this, but... John Gale won his first bracelet at the 2006 World Series of Poker. 
Nine years later, the 61-year-old Englishman won his second WSOP title, topping a field of 1,791 players in the $1,000 No Limit Hold'em Turbo event to win his second bracelet and the first place prize of $298,290. Car Player TV caught up with him after his bracelet ceremony, which drew a standing ovation for Gail from the players in the Brasilia room. They were so generous, the, my fellow players, I can't thank them enough. Um, it means the world. I got very emotional trying to hold it in up, up here, so uh, thanks to everyone. Of course, winning a bracelet is something to celebrate, but Gail's victory was over more than just a big field of players in this event. Well, I was diagnosed with a brain tumour. Um, been in and out of hospital for the last three years. When uh, medication didn't work, they decided brain surgery was an option. Pre-op checks detected I had um, severe to critical aortic valve, so I had to have open heart surgery uh, to get me fit enough for the brain surgery. Uh, being typically British and doing everything backwards, uh, I died the night after the surgery, and they had to resuscitate me. Wow. See, I didn't know all that. Had to have open heart surgery before the brain surgery, and then he actually died during one of the surgeries, and they had to resuscitate him. Wow. And then he came back to the World Series and won a bracelet. <laughs> wow. That's that's a pretty big journey back to the World Series. So I'm just so grateful to be back here. Two lots of brain surgery later, both unsuccessful. And I feel great. I absolutely feel great. You know, I feel... Uh, Probably 30 years younger than I am today. Probably tomorrow, 30 years older. But, uh... After going through all of that, Gail was able to overcome a huge field in a fast-paced turbo event. Yeah, it's just amazing. I thought I'd uh, blow up, get tired, whatever. I didn't. You know, the adrenaline rush kept me going. And I got very, very lucky. But I believe everyone that wins any tournament has got to get lucky a couple of times or avoid the bad luck at least and I did I sucked out on a couple of people who I apologised to and you know it's happened to me enough times and uh, I still don't feel good doing it yeah he sounds like a nice guy I don't know him but just listening to him talk here he just seems like like a nice guy to others but you need luck and I had plenty of it thank god finally we asked Gail about how it felt to have such a wonderful victory after perhaps not knowing if he would be able to make it back to the WSOP it feels absolutely incredible, you know, I couldn't believe it. I didn't come here with any expectations. I've missed the last three, um, been in hospitals and in and out and recuperating. And I've been depressed every time the World Series has come round. I don't mind missing the other tournaments, but missing this uh, made me very, very miserable. So being back here was such a thrill, just being able to play again. It was such a thrill, and I feel very privileged, very lucky, very grateful. Okay, so, too bad. Sounds like a nice guy, too bad he had to go through all those health problems. Uh, surprising he was able to live another four years despite all this. And they lived seven overall since that brain tumor. The cause of death is actually not known, just that he did pass away. It is possible that he ca- he died of something else that wasn't related to the brain tumor. But uh, he's been living with the prospect of 
Death Coming Soon since 2012. And I don't know if he's played other World Series since 2015. I guess I can look up if he's cashed anything. That wouldn't mean he didn't play. Though if he did cash, then that would mean that he did play. Let me see what I can find here. Um, so it looks like he played in 2016 and cashed five times. I don't believe he cashed. Oh, he did. He cashed in an event that I cashed in. He cashed in the Crazy Eights event. In fact, he got deeper than I did. He cashed in 113th. I cashed uh, something kind of similar but worse. And everything else he cashed in that year, I didn't cash in. But I don't believe I played with him. It's a huge field event. He does not have any tournament results whatsoever in 2017. In 2018, he played at the Grosvenor UK Poker Tour and cashed 38th place for 600 pounds. And that's the only cash since July 2016. I have to think he probably was experiencing other health problems and hasn't been able to make it out to the World Series for the last three years and maybe was able to get the energy up to play a few local tournaments like this one he cashed in November of 2018. But I think, you know, he cashed uh, five times in 2016 and it's easier to cash now because of the 15% thing. It's just such a big difference. I think a good player like John Gale would have cashed if he were out there in 17, 18, or 19. I think he just didn't play. Anyway, rest in peace, John Gale. Seems like you were a good guy, definitely a great poker player, and I think a lot of people will miss you. Okay, I see Ken Scaler's calling in. I know he's not going to want to be on right now. I know he's calling me because he wants certain information, but I'm going to throw him on anyway, and he's going to be forced to sit through this show until I give it to him, which unfortunately I can't share with you guys, but I'm going to put it on right now. Okay, yes, Ken, you're on the radio show. I, I will not discuss the matter that we've got to discuss it. I know you're not going to want it discussed in public, but uh, since I am holding information, you're going to want to know. You've, you've got, you've got to be on the show here. The the audience wants to hear from you. If you, if you want to get this information after the show, which is almost done, by the way. When is this, when is this show going to end? It, it's like in minutes. I was, I was just finishing up a topic about a, a poker player who died and uh, it, 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 it's a, a British guy named John Gale. You, you haven't heard of him, I'm sure, but He's a nice. He so seems, he's a like, seems like he, no, no. I mean, he was. He was. Seems like he was a nice guy, and he has almost four million dollars in cashes. He's been around for a while. I, I wish he didn't die. He could have voted for Jeremy Corbyn in the, in the upcoming British election. Well, he may not have. Anyway, uh, he would be so, such, such an amazing prime minister. So, Ken, why, why don't you tell us uh, a few things? First of all, which Democratic candidate are you going to vote for in the primary? Bernie Sanders. Uh, you're going to vote for Bernie Sanders. See, I wasn't even sure. I never, I never asked you. We discussed politics, but I've never asked you who you're going to vote for. At least this time around. I don't know. I, it's been an easy choice since the nanosecond he declared. There's no second choice. So I'm sure you voted for him in, in 16 also, right? Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I wish I could have voted for him when he ran for Burlington mayor. Now, he would, give you, he, he would give you free college, but don't you get free college anyway? Well, I think everybody should have free college. No, but don't, don't you... Universities but don't you already get free college? Free. You already get it free, right? Wait, what? Don't you already get free college? Yeah, I'm not talking about for everybody. <laughs> and, and I don't want universities that are public to, to call them fees instead of tuition to get around that. 
that, that, that wouldn't be allowed. That's a big no, 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 no. Okay. And uh, you, you mentioned recently I to me... I talk about something very much, but it's... I can't talk about it all. I know. I, I'll, I will call you after the show, which is going to finish minutes after we get oh, off the phone. Like at five in the morning? No, it's like in, in a few minutes. I, I had listen. I had fourteen topics, and we're done with all of them. You've done all fourteen. Topics? I've done all fourteen topics, so uh, I just have to finish. Well, they're, more, they're, more, they're more proficient than the young Turks. The majority were. No, don't 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 commit. Don't 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 compare me to the young Turks. They're terrible. Well, the head of it running for Congress, the 25th district. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Good luck with that. Maybe he can have sex with his okay, staff members, too. We'll talk about Shank Weaker. His website's shank2020.com. <laughs> Okay, so so Ken, hold on. I, I want to ask you about. I want to ask you. Hold on. I want to ask you more about your school here. So you. Oh, okay. Well, why are you talking about school? I mean, well, because it's fascinating so, you know, to me. Uh, so, so how, what, what you said you're you're about to get two more degrees. What are those two degrees going to be in? Well, I filed for a AA in sociology and an AA in social justice studies. Huh. So, what is what is social justice studies? You know, like the combination like this, black. Studies and women's studies, and you know, like gender and, and, and you know, just different issues. You know, so, so what do you think that you, you, deal with, you know, minorities and you know, okay, so do you think you, like do, you, do you think they would revoke the social justice degree if they knew you jerked off in public bathrooms? <laughs> I, I'm not saying stuff that stuff is that is verboten, verboten, and uh, that's just that's just and we that's just and we, you know. That's <laughs> Okay, well, uh, let's see what other questions I have for the, the public to know. All right, now, you're going to Coachella in uh, 2020. I wish, I wish, by the way, Wendy's would get either a Beyond Burger or an Impossible Burger. Go on. H- have you uh, – are you going to go to Coachella in 2020 for sure? Uh, I, I hope so, both weeks, and I want to go 2021 and 2022 and 2023. Now, have you Just booked – Going and going and going and going. Have you booked a hotel yet this year? Uh, yeah, I'm about to. I just have a few. Uh, Jeez, see, you, I don't understand this. Can you do something so smart? He would book like 11 months in advance and get a great deal, and now he's it's, waiting until the last minute and get screwed. It's just been like a. It's, it's kind of changed up there, but I'll get something. I always end up finding. I always end up falling into place. No, but you paid way too much last year for a, kind of a crap place. I know. I know. I know. Well, maybe we can negotiate with that same gentleman. He, he, he didn't sound like he didn't seem. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk about it on the air. No, I'm just saying he, he didn't seem like he was very uh, willing to well, negotiate. He's, he's a manager, but he's not the owner. The owner's an Indian guy. Probably at the Listen, the truth is, I wouldn't negotiate either if I were the owner there because they always fill up. So what, what's the incentive to negotiate? There really isn't. I know they, they can charge as much as they want. People need a place to stay, and you know, it's it's, it's a golden goose. Yeah. Now, would you say you know, over the years? I've, see, I've never been to Coachella. Don't look, don't look, don't, 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 don't look the goose in the mouth. God, there's so much I really want to talk about. Okay, I, I haven't been to Coachella, as you know. But would you say in the past few years uh, has it gotten better, worse, or about the same? The 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 quality of girls you see there, you know, like how they look. I know there's a lot of really pretty of girls what? there. Uh, of how the girls look there, I know there's a lot of really pretty girls that go there. Would you say oh, it's, it's got a really young crowd? It's like more Gen Z now than millennials. It's a very oh really? See, see, that would be crowd. too young. You know, I'm going to be honest here. I, I, I'm not as attracted to girls who are really, really young. Like, like, like even adults. I'm talking about like, like 18 to 21 looks too young to me. 
It looks too young to me at this point. Okay, I, that's your preference. I'm actually more attracted to like ones that, that are over 25. Uh, so, okay. So, uh, but but putting that aside, you know, you know, you know what? You know what's funny? Keanu Reeves is dating a, a girlfriend that looks like Helen Mirren, and she's 10 years younger than him. She was born in 74, and she looks like an old lady. She does look old. and So, so I, you know, it's funny you bring this up. She's because like, You know, when you think she's an old lady, but she's 10 years younger than him. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's funny you bring Bush this up. younger than George Bush. She looks like his mother. It's funny you bring this up. So, first of all, do you know Barbara Bush was pretty at one point? I saw very old pictures of her, and she was pretty. It's hard to believe. Well, here's what was. happened. Here's what happened when, the, when their daughter died. You know, they had a daughter that was in and died at three. Once the daughter died, she was so action and struck in that her hair turned white. But it wasn't just her hair. She just had like an old, she had like an old look. But when she was younger, she was actually pretty. But anyway, uh, really? get, getting back to to Keanu Reeves' uh, girlfriend, or I think now wife. Uh, when I saw, married? I think they, I think they secretly got married. But when I saw a picture, that's really of, I just thought that's his girlfriend, and she's like ten years younger, but looks thirty years older. I read that there was a secret. I read there was a secret marriage recently. But when I saw the picture of her, okay. I, I also thought she was much older than she was. I was very surprised to learn she was younger than me. And I think she's 74. Yeah, or she's 45. I think she's 46. Whatever. It's a even younger than your girlfriend. Yeah. So when I saw that, I thought, "Wow, she really looks old for her age." And some of it is because she has gray hair. And I, I don't understand why women do this. It's it's when women have a significant amount of gray. I don't mean like a tiny bit of gray that's that's poking through. I mean like when most of their hair is gray, or when there's very noticeable gray there. It really makes them look old when they're in their 40s. I don't know why they don't die. Why did my mother dye her hair? She refused. <laughs> well, at least your mother was married for many years. But but I don't understand yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I don't understand. But even when you're married, like I, I just don't understand why women don't dye their hair because it really makes them look older. And I think it really yeah. takes away from... I mean, I mean, your ex-girlfriend started dying her hair at age 20. I mean, once she saw one gray hair, boom, she died. Yeah, well, she got gray unusually early, but... Uh, that is kind of strange. But but yeah, but she she was an example of someone who died. I don't know if she listened to the show still. She she listened last week. She oh, messaged, really? She messaged me. She listened last week. Yeah, I was surprised, but she did. Okay, well, well, she started on her hair. She was twenty, and and she she's like, I'm going to address it, and she addressed the root causes. No pun intended. The root causes. No pun intended. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. You got that right. Yes, I got that. So. Keanu Reeves, uh, obviously, he doesn't care about looks that much. Obviously, he could he could get a really pretty younger woman if he wanted, and not someone who. Well, we could get an eighteen year old. I mean, yeah. I would. So, so, but Keanu Reeves has always been someone who's kind of more substantive. Like he he didn't want to do a Speed Two because he thought the the script sucked, which it did. So he just said, "No, I'm not. I'm not." Uh, Speed Two. He just thought it sucked and said, "I'm just not doing it," and refused. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. he's kind of. Uh, someone who isn't just out for the money. He, he's so he's one of these people I could see who would rather be with a woman that he feels a connection with than, than someone who yeah. just looks good. But that and that's understandable. Nicholas Cage just works in any script, and even like this, uh, that, that, that actor Seth Green, he takes any script offered of him. He's afraid he'll get thrown out of Hollywood one day, so he accepts everything he's ever offered. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some that do that, but. If if I were if, 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 if I were if I were Keanu Reeves, uh, I still I would at least want to be with a woman that I was also physically attracted to and didn't look like really old for her age. Like that's uh, 
Well, he must be in, he must be in some way, but like I think he just cares more about personality and doesn't care about looks much because she she looks she looks so old. I mean. Well, you know what? It also could be since he is older. I know he actually he looks good for his age, but since he is older, maybe because she looks kind of around his age, it's probably fine with him. Maybe that's it too. I don't know. You know that that Jason Statham, he's like fifty two. He's just like a thirty year old. They're married. You know, she looks young and pretty. And I don't know. Yeah, I was surprised I really how, how old is. Other subjects that can't bring up here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was surprised though that his girlfriend or wife looks as old as she does at that age. It just uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect that to yeah to be with Keanu Reeves, but okay, good for her. She managed to. Uh, Get with the the star here, and uh, I hope they're not. Making, I hope they're not really married. He should suffer for somebody younger and prettier. No, he should just be happy. Who cares? It doesn't matter if you're attracted to her. It just matters that. I uh, know, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to. That's her. what I'm saying. If, Keanu, if, if Keanu Reeves is happy with her, then fine. I, 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 I can. I, listen, I can totally understand why you don't want why it's, some guys do not want to be with someone much younger that they don't have anything in common with. Or they are afraid of just with them because they're famous or, or because they're rich. They they want to be with someone they feel uh, is more of just a normal, average person who who really loves them for who I they just, are. I just find girls that are really like you know a lot younger that have stuff in common to be like music and political views and interests and activities and stuff like that. The, I mean, I can like them in two seconds. It's the problem is they have to like me. Well, yeah, that's that's so. a problem. That's a problem too. It's it's always more difficult I on that like end. I like them right away. You know, well, yeah, I know you do. They like me. <laughs> it's always that's always been my issue. Well, they, now here's here's a good question, and I don't, I don't even know the answer to this one. Uh, what is the upper limit for the age of of a woman you'd want to date at this point? I I don't know. I'm not not too old. Because Ken is uh, forty eight, and. Uh, I don't like my age being said. Well, it's too late. Would you? Would you date some? The right age. Would you? Would you date a woman who's forty? No. Wow, you wouldn't do forty. No, I don't. I want biological children that don't have Down syndrome. Okay, okay, it's about the children thing. Okay, let's say the children wasn't an issue. It's It's about the children. It's about the children. Okay, but let's let's say kids wasn't wasn't an issue. Then then what would the answer be? What do you mean, kids? That's the main issue. I want. I want to be a dad. I'm not going to say decide that. Okay, let, let's let, let's that. just let's just say you already had kids. Let's say you already had kids. Let's say you already had kids and and you just uh, didn't want any more. Then then what would the? Well, if I already had kids, I'd be with the mom, wouldn't no, I? No, you wouldn't necessarily be. What if she left you? Uh, well, I guess the no fault divorce only takes one person to file. By so, the way, in that movie Marriage Story, as usual, it's the woman that filed for divorce, not the man. I didn't see it, but yeah, <laughs> go on. No, I, I'm trying to figure that like, kind of from a pure attraction standpoint, not not the practical standpoint of the age they can have kids, but from the pure attraction standpoint, what the highest you'd go is. I don't know. I, I really haven't thought about it. I don't think about high. Okay. I think about I think about low. Okay. Well, you 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 know that you know what I you know I'd go over forty because I am with someone who's uh, well over forty. Well, you already have a family, and it's a very very differing situation, you know. You have to worry about trick or treating and the great pumpkin, you know. No, but if I if I if I was single, I would still date women. You know, I'd still date women that age. I would date younger also, okay, but, I, well, but I, I would I would date like I would date my own age. I wouldn't I wouldn't cut that off and say I'm not dating someone my age. I I wouldn't date older than me, but I wouldn't date. Uh, um, I, I would date my age. Okay. 
I would. Would you date Anna Kasparian? No, absolutely not. Honestly, no, she's she's terrible. She, she's terrible in all ways. I, I I really find her off-putting. Okay, I wonder what the poker world thinks of Anna Kasparian. Let's start a thread. When I, I see, no one posts on message boards anymore. When, so when I when I see her on Reddit. when I see her on the Young Turks, I just think like. By the way, do you guys have a Reddit page? No. Reddit okay, is well, Reddit is like the Reddit. You know what? Reddit, what? Reddit is the anti-forum. Reddit has killed forums. Reddit, first of all, Reddit has killed forums, and second, uh, when I see Anna Kasparian on the Young Turks, just she always comes off as like an incredible bitch, and not not just because she says things I disagree with. Like she just seems like a bitch, regardless of of which side politically she's on. She just seems like a bitch. It's not because she's on the left and you're on the right. No, not that. She just seems like a bitch. And it, okay. and it's not because Fair she's a it's general, not because she's sir. a woman with strong opinions like, like I, I see that too and I don't necessarily think they're a bitch like I I, I see women with strong opinions and I I think I don't think that at all it's a, she seems just like a bitch like I I picture she's a bitch off camera just as much as on camera. She debated that that conservative girl that went to UNLV at Politicon. I forgot her name. Uh, I don't know who you're talking about. Hello. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. The blonde girl, the blonde girl is like 20, Tony Lair, him. Oh, oh, Tom, oh, Tommy Laren. Yeah, I never liked her. She kind of, she, she actually, she actually seemed like a bitch too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't very nice. I think she just got better. No, she, no, she, she kind of ruined her career. She had a falling out with Glenn Beck, with Glenn Beck, and they both kind of screwed each other. Yeah. The Glenn whole thing. No, the whole thing was done. But he he owns that Blaze TV that uh, Stephen Crowder's on right now. The guy that's really weird to me is Alex Jones. He is weird. The whole in, the whole info war thing. That guy seems like a psycho. He is kind of a psycho. Yeah, I don't watch Alex oh, okay. Jones. I, I, I'm not an Alex Jones fan. Yeah, I know some people love that conspiracy stuff. He, he just seems like a nut. He said that that shooting at that elementary school didn't happen. I mean, there's no credibility to say that. No, the, the, he, he's a what weirdo. He the parents that God died at that elementary school in Connecticut or whatever. But then he said when there were court cases about it, he claimed that he didn't really believe that when he said it. He was just uh, doing a character. So why do you oh, – that's stupid. Did Ben Shapiro do that? Did Ben Crowder do that? <laughs> well – Does Dave Rubin do that? You know, Dave Rubin. I will Charlie say, I'm going to say one thing about Dave Rubin. Dave, Dave Rubin is, a, is he's a little bit of a phony because Dave Rubin is one of those former Democrats who's since become a conservative, but pretends he's still a Democrat. So, like, he always likes to say, "Well, I, I, I'm not, a, but I'm not a Republican. I'm a, I'm still a Democrat," and blah blah blah. But he's he's like all his viewpoints are, are pretty conservative. So he's he's definitely a Republican That's now, but he pretends he's still a Democrat. And I've seen I've seen the reverse too. I see people who are former Republicans. That will attack current Republicans and say, "Well, look, I can say this because I'm a Republican too." And I go, "No, you're not. <laughs> None of your views are, are Republican views anymore." Weird. So it's uh, like I see it on both sides where people do that crap. Like if I know people change. Be a, a really conservative guy on the radio was really was still he was also he was really old named George Putnam, and he was like super, super, super right wing. But he was a registered Democrat his whole life. Even though he moved so far to the right, he just refused to leave the party. It was like the strangest thing. I don't know. I yeah. used to call it a talk show. Really? You, you called a lot of shows. It was called, it was called, I think it was called Talk Back with George Putnam. He used to be on old KIED, which is now on KRLA. That weirdo guy Pete Cole used to listen to, and I could say his name to death. 
Yeah, so, so did you? Uh, uh, how often did you call talk? Know if Mary's sh- listening to this. How, how, how often did you call talk shows back in those days? I don't know. Whenever I had something to say, I used to call Wally George the Hot Seat Hotline in the afternoon. You know, that was my favorite show to call. And then you know, obviously, Love Line. And, you know, the original Love Line, not the leader host, but yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think I have anything else yeah. to ask you. Oh, so. Um, I, I've been bringing up something to Ken recently that I think he needs to stop doing. Ken, as you guys know, he gives plasma sometimes to make extra money, which I, I already think is stupid. But he's been taking people donate plasma. But he's been taking cabs to go there and and to leave there, and it doesn't make sense to me because he's he's giving away a lot of the money he makes at the plasma to these cabbies. So what's the whole point? Well, the cost benefits analysis. I make more money donating plasma than I do what the cab costs. Yeah, but it's eating into what you're, you're, you're barely making anything by the time it's all over. I know. It's, it's not it's worth it. A, it's just a, I, I have these streaks I just keep doing and, you know, I, I feel like I'm shredding water to something I really explosively want to talk about but I can't yeah. bring up. Well, we're, we're going to end, end the show in a second, but one more question here. Uh, speaking I'll of... I'll stri- the phone with you while you end the show so I don't have to call you back or you or you, or you can't, it doesn't work that way. Um, I can actually hear you end the show. I guess you can. I guess you can. You can hear it. I've I, never heard you end the show. So I always seem to call during the beginning, and then you go on to like five true. in the morning with uh, with a Brandon, who I don't think is part of the show. Why, why isn't there a co-host on right now? Well, the because, guy back east is family. He's not involved anymore. We, 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 we the guy back east. It's too late for him, and the guy in the west. He, he just fell asleep tonight at about midnight. Wait, what happened? He fell asleep at midnight. Oh, the back east guy fell asleep. No, the back east guy wasn't on, and the guy in California fell asleep. Wait, who's the guy from California? That, that's Trader Ruski. That's who? The Trader Ruski. Oh, I think that's Trey, Trey, Trader McGrady. Isn't he a basketball player? Whatever. <laughs> that's Tracy McGrady. Well, Tracy close. McGrady. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have the sports team, so I'm not really good at it. Okay. But, okay, so here's what I'll do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the show. By the I, way, sorry about your Dodgers. They really blew it. What, what's the point of having a great season if you just blow it in the first round? I didn't mention that. What, what really Sorry, sucks is that they got cheated in 2017. They should have won in 2017. It turned out the Astros cheated them. It's just, it's just It just came out. Wait, what happened? The Dodgers How got cheated by... Because they were using cameras to steal signs from the catcher. Can they, can they forfeit it? And no, it, it, it won't. It won't it's not going to be forfeited. They'll be getting penalties in the future for things, but they're not going to be forfeiting it. But the, the Dodgers oh. got screwed. They they took it all the way to seven games, too. They almost won anyway. But uh, now that this has all come out, I, oh. bet the, I bet the Dodgers would have won the whole thing if that didn't go on. I, I didn't hear about that. That's like, that's like, so, that's like so crazy. I thought, you know? I thought you were the king of the L.A. Times. I'm surprised you haven't read about it. I, I, I don't really read the sports it's, section. I read all the... I read everything except sports. I read business, California, calendar, and the front page. And I read the Daily News, which is the Valley Papers, the same owners as the Horns Daily Brief, by the way. By the way, I, yeah. I, why, did, why did you not correct me when I said you're 48? You're not 48. You're 49. Wait, hold on. If the bus, if my bus just went by. It's super loud. What, what was that? You didn't correct me when I said you're 48. You're actually 49. Oh. I, I'm going to be I'm going to be the one 48 I, 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 soon. I'm, I'm ageless. I'm going to be 148, so you're going to be 50 soon. But uh, now, do you have anything planned for your uh, your 50th party? Is there a 50th party or no? Uh, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll go to my stroll. I, I can take you to dinner again if you want on your 50th birthday. Oh, okay. All right. But the, 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 where I go and when we go, I want it really private. Yeah, no, I won't make that public. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, he took me to dinner for my 49th to a French restaurant. It was actually very good. Yeah, it was very, very, very good. Wasn't that very romantic? We ate at a French restaurant together at night? I'm not gay. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I've done yeah, worse. I, 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 very, you, said, you said you would eat there regularly if it was near your house. I would. But you know what? I once This is a true story. I once went to a, uh, a Valentine's ball with Brandon as my date. Wait, what? I did. They, they had a Valentine's ball, and I went with Brandon. Why would you go to a, a Valentine's ball with another man? You're not a homosexual. Well, this is what happened. We got free. We got a free two tickets to the Valentine's ball, and neither of us, our girlfriends, couldn't make it. So we just both went together because we didn't want to give up the free meal. <laughs> so, so we, oh, how was was the meal that good? It was it was decent. But the, so the funny thing was that uh, there were these older people at the table, and we could tell that they were judging us. They were sure we were gay. And uh, they were judging us. They had no idea. They had no idea we were just cheap. You should have not- just, go, just gone, look, I'm not gay. Well, they didn't say anything. If they said something, I would have clarified it. They, I could just tell there was some disdain there. They thought they're eating with a gay couple. And I like, I, I, I did kind of just want to announce, hey, I know what you guys are thinking, but we're, we're heterosexual. We're just here for the free food. Like, I, I, I felt like I saying... I wonder, if they used to eat, I wonder if they used to eat at, like, the Charlie Browns and the Hungry Tiger back in the day. I, I felt like announcing i'm just cheap not gay i wanted to make that clear but no we yeah. we, we, we left with them believing yeah we, we left with them believing we were gay but uh, well there's nothing wrong with being a parsimonious person yes, especially I, if there's five of you yes okay here i'm going to end the show and uh i'm not sure if you'll be able to hear this either let me see can you can you hear this yeah, I'm gonna, i need to go can you hear that or no? I, I heard something like, did I hear that or no? Oh, you didn't hear any song? See, I, I can't... No, sh- I didn't hear it. Okay, call. see, I can't uh, I can't share the song through the, uh, through the call. It's probably not my kind of music anyway. No, I see, it's the end song to All in the Family. That's how I end the show. Oh, okay, I like indie rock. Yeah, well, that's not how I would end it. Okay, so here, here we go. Okay. So, the show is ending. Ken Scaler is on, maybe, maybe for the first time... At, at the very end here, uh, it'll be probably on Wednesday next week, November 29th. And if it's not, I will announce it on the Twitter. Twitter.com/slash Poker Fraud Alert is the address. See, the, the show got a little bit longer because Ken Scaler called in. We got to have what? our conversation. We got to have our Ken Scaler update. Off the show. No, you're not off the show. Hello? You just can't hear me over the music because the music, you can't hear the music. The music kind of drowns me out. It's, it's a weird thing. Just, just go with it. Okay. So Ken can't hear me very well. I'll just have to speak and he'll have to listen. He'll have to tolerate this for a short time longer before we, uh, sign off here and I tell him the information he covets so much. He just, he wants this so, so badly and I'm just not letting him off. I'm just not letting him go until we complete this radio show. And then he will find out what he's been begging me to find out. That's the the torture here of Poker Fraud Alert Radio that I put young Master Scaler through. 
But hey, I know you guys wanted an update, so I put him on. It's a good way to end the show, right? We had a prank call. We had Ken Scaler. We had a little bit of everything. Here, Ken, go ahead. Talk again. I was on a bus during most of the show, and I'm walking to my apartment now. Okay. Is this show over? No. There's so much I want to talk about. I know. It's, it's like much more important than what we talked about. Much, much, much. So it might be the most important thing I've heard all year. No. I, I had a feel. I had a feeling you. I had a feeling you would call me. I had a feeling you would call me. I can't talk about it. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling you would call me. Okay, everybody. We'll be back next week, November 29th. That'll be the final date. Hold on, I can't. I can't hear. Here, can say, say shalom to everybody. Say what? Say, say, say shalom. This yeah, isn't a Jewish show. It is. It's always a Jewish show. Say shalom. Well, it's Friday night. You shouldn't be doing this on the Sabbath anyway. Will you just say it? Say shalom. Shalom.